received gunshot wounds and two others were injured during the incident in Lucas Wood near Underwood Road. None of the injuries are thought to be life-threatening. Thames Valley Police say the offenders may have been known to the victims. Inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. The high-security Category A jail has been described as disappointing after an unannounced inspection in January. But inspectors say the new management team are getting to grips with Woodhill. More from Jessica Cooper. Inspectors said they found a mixed picture when visiting the jail. They were concerned about the number of suicides, high levels of assault and the lack of time prisoners spent outside their cells. But they found the general prison environment was good and services to support family contact had improved. The head of the American drugs company Pfizer faces tough questioning by MPs this morning about the possible takeover of its British rival AstraZeneca. Pfizer's promise to safeguard British jobs and research have been dismissed by the UK's leading scientific body, the Royal Society, as vague and insufficient. The number of people who have avoided prison and were given a suspended sentence in Hertfordshire has gone up by 80% in the 10 years since 2002 the largest increase in the country. In Bedfordshire, it's increased by 35% over the same period. More from Tony Fisher. Suspended sentences are given out by judges to people convicted of a crime, generally with conditions attached, which if broken would result in them going to jail. The Centre for Crime Prevention, who obtained the figures from Freedom of Information requests, has called for suspended sentences to be abolished. The government says it's overhauling sentencing and making sure judges have tough sentencing options available to them. And this programme has won gold at the Radio Academy Awards in London. Ian and the team won breakfast show of the year, one of four golds for BBC Local Radio. In sport, the clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. The weather, a mix of scattered heavy showers and warm sunny intervals, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's the right size. It's it's not overbearing. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. Hatfield House and the old town. There's just a lot of history down there. It's all about where you live. I've lived here all my life. Near enough. I enjoy it. I like swimming pool. I like to swim. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, while I'm a keen supporter, keen supporter of the Big Tour, love it. We've done some great stuff on the Big Tour and, uh, you know, but... Does, it, does anybody you know like their place because it's the right size? The right size? <laughs> what? I mean, with the greatest of respect, sir. What places are... Here's a question. What places are the wrong size? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's take a little roll call. Me, here, yes. Sober, yeah, oh yes, definitely. Uh, Catherine Boyle, here. Present. Sober. Mm. Hey. Kelly Betts. Uh, Kelly Betts. Bueller. Uh, Bueller. <laughs> Paul Scoynes. Um, I don't, we know that Dealey's here. He's worse for wear, but... We'll explain all later on. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including crossing cams, suspended sentences, and, well, will Kelly Betts turn up? And if so, will she do a breath test? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't want to bang on too much about last night, but we won an award. Well done. 
but the highlight for me last night was, and nobody else is that impressed apart from Dee Lee, a Spice Girl came up and hugged me. A Spice Girl. I missed that bit. Yeah, I know you missed that it. That I was shaking hands with Daltrey. We all shook hands with Daltrey. That's nothing special. We And we all went up to Daltrey. I'm sure he's boasted about that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys from Free CR. I come along, I shook my hand. I can't believe it. I got, I got to meet Justin Daly at Ledge. <laughs> but a Spice Girl came up to me. Yeah. And asked how I was and hugged me. Spite. Why are you not impressed? That's, I think that's the coolest thing. I know quite a few Scousers. Oh, for goodness sakes. It was a Spice Girl came and hugged me. Hi, Ian. It's so good to see you. Oh, go away. Neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring. But it rings and I rise. Wipe the sleep out of my eyes. My shaven razor's cold. Cheer up, sleepy Jean. What can it mean to a daydream believer and a homecoming queen? You once thought of me as a white knight on his steed. Now you. Starts and ends without dollar one to spend. But how much, baby, do we That's the best song in the world. That's the best song in the world. Now, mobile cameras are being worn by school lollipop men and women in Bedford to deter deter those who swear at staff and speed past patrols. We've talked about this before, about the abuse that lollipop men and women get. It it always uh, amazes me that anyone would do that. Video footage of people ignoring patrols or being abusive could be passed to the police following an increase in these problems in the borough. The council's decision to introduce the camera is winning support from these local residents and parents. I don't suppose everybody will like it. 
it, there will be people who don't like it because it impacts on the way their life works, because they are short on time, because it's difficult to park here. But I'm afraid that's unfortunate. The children's welfare has to come first. I've seen the two lollipop ladies down at the end getting verbal abuse from drivers because they've been made to stop to let the children cross. I've seen them do it. I saw one car attempt to push into the lollipop lady as a result of her stopping a car to let children cross. Verbal abuse, swearing and having a go at them because they're in a rush to go to work. But the women are doing their job by trying to help the children cross the road safely. I feel very sorry for the lollipop ladies and men because they're doing their job and they're doing a really good job. I think it's disgusting behaviour from the motorist to do that. It does sort of strike me as odd that anyone... That anyone what? Why would you abuse a lollipop man or woman? Surely we all have kind of a soft spot uh, in our hearts and our minds for the lollipop men and women who do such great work for the children crossing roads. The ones I don't get, and I've said this before, I don't get the ones that work uh, where there are traffic lights, where they just they just press the button. But if if there are little children, no, if they're little children, they're with their parents. Surely. You've just won my argument for me. Thank yeah. you very much indeed. If the, I don't understand why they're there pressing the button on a pelican crossing, but 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 if it's a cross outside of school and there is no other you know there's no pelican crossing or anything like that then yes have, let's have a lollipop man and a woman and let's celebrate them they don't they get a stipend don't they i think a what a stipend oh do they sounds, not um do you not know what stipend is of course i know what stipend is i'm uh, being facetious okay well explain to me because i'm still not quite sure uh, oh, you're talking about a sort of a wage It's a small. They get a small fee for their services. They get a small fee for their services. Oh wait, can we get some? Let's uh, salute and take our hats off to the magic of lollipop men and women today. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. There was a breath. I like lollipop people. I like lollipop people as well. I also like my brand new best friend, Mr. Roger Daltrey from Rockers The Who. Morning, Roger. Morning, Roger. This evening, now here's a surprise I know that you have Cause there's magic in my eyes I can see for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles Oh yeah If you think that I don't know about the little tricks you play And never see you when deliberately you put things in my way Well here's a poke at you, you're gonna choke on it too You're gonna lose that smile Because all the while I could see for miles and miles I could see for miles and miles Of my trust in you and I was so far away I saw you holding lots of other guys And now you've got the nerve to say That you still want me Well that's as may be But you gotta stand trial Because all the while I can see for miles and miles I can see for miles 
Roger Daltrey last night backstage at some awards thing that we won. And um, uh, Ro- <laughs> Roger Daltrey was there. Well, what, what did he He said? Uh, that, that was as we came off stage, wasn't it? it was yeah. Like, oh, Graham Norton. Oh, Roger Daltrey. I wasn't bothered by Norton. But oh, what did you say Graham to Daltrey? Oh, oh, Roger Daltrey. No, you just, don't say, oh, I Graham Norton just, to I just, him. I just said what I saw. Oh, Roger Daltrey. Like it happens all the time. And I went, all right, Roger. Nice to meet you. And he went, uh... Yeah, nice to meet you too. Thank you very much. I said no, and I actually said this. No, Roger. Thank you for all the music. And you were sober. <laughs> I couldn't think what else to say. I've been in. I've never. I've been in the same room as Daltrey. I've even introduced the Who live on stage before, but I've never met him and spoke to him. And he's he's Roger Daltrey from the flipping Who, for goodness yeah. sakes. So I don't mind saying something as cheesy. Let's put this out there. When have you met some one of your heroes and said something really cheesy to them? Let's have your cheesy lines to celebrities. Mine last night was Roger Daltrey said thank you to me. I went no, Roger. Thank you for I, all the music. I lied to Bob Monkhouse once. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. Told him my name was Jackie. Why would you do that? Because I didn't want his autograph, but my friend Jackie did. And I didn't want to do that thing of, um, it's not for me, it's for my friend Jackie. Oh, wow. And do you know what happened? He yeah. introduced me to his wife, who's also called Jackie. God. Such a fraud. I was oh, invited no. to his inner sanctum of friendliness. Okay, so cheesy things you said to celebrities and lies you said to Bob Monkhouse specifically, <laughs> or do you want to broaden that out? When have you lied to celebrities? 08, 08459 <laughs> 455 555. We've got a phone call. We've got no Kelly Betts to take it. Oh, I'll... Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stay there, Alice. Alice, we're coming to you. Alice, we're coming to you. Stay. We're not coming to you, Alice. Let's do the heads. I haven't got the heads. BBC Three Counties Radio. No, no, no. Please, please don't judge us. Uh, please don't judge us. Uh, we are all basically incompetent today. And But I promise you, by a quarter past... Whoa, I've got some heads. Hang on one second. Don't panic. I've got to do the blooming music again now. Oh, flipping it. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't panic, Mr Mannering. Don't panic, Mr Mannering. Right, so let's... Uh, where, where, where was Alice? I don't know. I was trying to answer that phone call from London. I think it was probably Roger Daltrey. Oh, blimey. Saying, yeah, don't talk about me on the radio. <laughs> I don't want... Right, hang on. Shh, shh. Thanks, Alice. Excellent as always. 
It's 6.17. It's um, Tuesday, the 13th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council says footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And in sport, the clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. BBC Three Counties Radio. What time did you call this? Um, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Sorry? You could have told me we had work experience. I've got an example to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we sent um, Justin out to try and track you down because we were worried about you. This is what happened. Here we go. <laughs> and just to confirm... You working at the hotel? The last time you saw her, she was in a real mess. Yes. Yes, she was. <laughs> oh dear. She may still be asleep. She so, might still be sleeping, actually. Yeah. Do you think she's been sick? Possibly. She did get in yeah. quite late. Can you just again confirm that she looked um, a wreck? I would say some sort of a wreck. Yeah. Should we try again? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, boss. This isn't ringing your room, is it? Let's give her one more go. <laughs> wow. She's really out for the count. Unlucky. Sorry about that. Unlucky. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Really appreciate it. Have a good day. Wow, Ju- Justin's doing the voice that he uses when uh, someone's pet's been shot. That's that's <laughs> how serious he takes this this uh, this issue. What what do you what have you got to say for yourself? Uh, I've been here the whole time. Sorry? I've been here the whole time. OK, fine. No, if you've been here the whole time, yeah. how come uh, we didn't get to speak to Alice Glossop and there were no heads? Oh, well... Um, a few reasons. Yeah, yeah. Just work it out yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Catherine, we'll come to you in a second. Let's have a bit of this. You say yes, I say no. You say stop, I say go, go, go. Oh, no. You
Those guys are really crazy. I think I'm going to spend the whole day listening to Beatles records. Go on, you can. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the whole... Oh, no, hang on, I've got uh, responsibilities and uh, stuff I have to do. (laughs) Now... The number of people who've avoided prison and given a suspended sentence in Hertfordshire has gone up by a staggering 80% in the 10 years since 2002. And in Bedfordshire, it's increased by 35% over the same period. Suspended sentences are given out by judges to people convicted of a crime, generally with conditions attached, which, if broken, would result in them going to jail. The Centre for Crime Prevention, who obtained, uh, obtained the figures from Freedom of Information requests, wants to stop suspended sentences from being used. Well, Catherine Boyle has been looking into this. <laughs> Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire both feature prominently in the findings, don't yeah, they? that's right. This is all part of a report from a think tank called the Centre for Crime Prevention. Uh, they're concerned about prolific criminals avoiding prison sentences. Now, according to figures from the Ministry of Justice, over 70,000 criminals avoided a jail term, despite having 10 or more previous convictions or cautions. Gosh. Locally, Hertfordshire had the highest increase in the use of suspended sentences, going from 10 in 2002 to 821 in 2012. That's quite some increase. Yeah. Bedfordshire was second highest, also going from 10 in 2002 up to 346. Furthermore, over 90% of criminals sentenced in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire in 2012 avoided prison. The Centre for Crime Prevention says the criminals who have a proven track record of offending shouldn't be given these repeated chances for leniency. Can I ask a, just a, a maths question? Yes. That's an increase of 800%, isn't it? Not 80%. Because an increase of 80% would take it up to 18 Yeah. So it's 800%. That is. Wowzers. That's even more impressive. What exactly is a suspended sentence and when are they used? Okay, it's when a person is convicted of a crime but the court may choose not to send them to prison immediately. According to the Sentencing Council, this gives them the opportunity to stay out of trouble and to comply with up to 12 requirements set by the court. It's, It's basically... Do it again or do anything to breach this and you're in prison. This can include doing unpaid work, uh, keeping to a curfew, undertaking treatment for drugs or alcohol. It's it's a second chance, really. Of course, if the offender doesn't comply with those requirements or is convicted of another offence during that suspension, then they'll serve the original prison time issued as well as any time given for the new offence. So they can be given... um, uh, for any crime, these uh, suspended sentences can be given for any crime where the sentence is between 14 days and two years or up to six months in a magistrate's court and can be for a variety of crimes. And here are just a few examples of the cases we've covered here in the three counties. A worker who was found guilty of neglect at a care home in Bedfordshire won't be sent to prison. 
Jackie Nadoro, who's 38 and from Luton, fell asleep at Limes in Henlow while an elderly man was left collapsed on the floor. Nadoro received a four-month prison sentence, suspended for 12 months. A supervision Two order... Two men from the three counties work. have avoided going to prison after admitting being part of a cyber gang which stole one and a quarter million pounds from British banks. Adam Jefferson from Milton Keynes was given a 16-month suspended sentence and Leroy Udenuzi from Abbots Langley was handed a The family of a Hertfordshire man who died after being knocked off his bike have criticised the suspended sentence handed to his killer. Kenny Lush was riding between Hatfield and Ware when he was hit by the car of Deborah Kelly from Welling Garden City. Well, had the government responded to these findings? Um, Justice Minister Jeremy Wright has said that since 2010, criminals are more likely to go to prison and for longer. In the 12 months to June 2013, almost 48,000 offenders didn't walk free but went straight to prison four times as many I think that's right, has got a suspended sentence. Um, And it's right that the most serious offenders spend longer behind bars, which is why we are overhauling sentencing and making sure judges have tough sentencing options available to them. But sentencing in individual individual cases is a matter for the independent judiciary based on the full facts of each case. Um, We'll speak to the CCP later on in the programme to see what they make of this. And we will check our maths to make sure we've got all of our maths right. I know we just had a Beatles song, but can we have another Beatles song? Yeah, go on, do it. Oh, thanks. Sitting in his nowhere land Making all his nowhere plans for nobody Doesn't have a point of view Knows not where he's going to Isn't he a bit like You don't know what you're 
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. On the speed sensors, the M1 London bound starting to build up between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and 9 for Redbourne. Elsewhere, things not looking too bad on the major routes. Got some roadworks to watch out for in Buckingham. On the A421, there are temporary traffic lights in places around the London Road just on the roundabout. Do expect delays there, especially at peak times. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. The high-security category a jail has been described as disappointing after an unannounced inspection in January. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. Philippe Moray, Luke Jones, Peter Hartley, Simon Heslop and Sam Wedgbury follow Marcus Haber out of the Lamex Stadium after the striker was released last month. Borough have also triggered options on the contracts of player of the season Luke Freeman plus Dean Parrott and Rory Deacon. Freeman, though, is expected to leave. Speaking after relegation was confirmed, Chairman Phil Wallace outlined their plans. I would like to think that we can be a force next year. We've got virtually a clean piece of paper with regards to playing style. Um, We've been very cautious in that all of our players are out of contracts, but we have options on all of them. So we can choose who we keep this season, which was not the case last season. Wickham Wanderers Trust says a community share scheme is currently the best option to take the club forward, with £400,000 already pledged. It follows the sale of the club falling through, with one unnamed buyer pulling out and another bidder having their offer rejected. Queen's Park Rangers will play Derby in the Championship playoff final. Harry Redknapp's QPR beat Wigan 2-1 after extra time in last night's semi-final second leg. In League 2, Fleetwood won 1-0 at York in the first leg of their semi-final. Tonight in League One, Leighton Orient hosts Peterborough after a one-all draw in the first leg. Rio Ferdinand is leaving Manchester United after 12 years and more than 400 appearances for the club. He hasn't been offered a new contract. And double Olympic and world champion Mo Farah has confirmed he will compete at this year's Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Catherine and I have fallen out already. We're arguing over maths, OK? We can't work this out. And uh, let's be honest, we're both... I'm very I think the maths is right, but I'm rubbish at maths okay. anyway. So just go... Just, we, need, we need a math magician to come on to, um, to the show and, and answer this. Or maybe just a, a, a keen enthusiast. Or someone with a calculator. Is your wisdom tooth playing up? Yeah. Yeah, OK. We'll get a piece of string and, and a door. We'll stand <laughs> it. The story we just talked about, and it's a very serious story, which is why I want to get these figures right. The number of people who avoided prison and given suspended sentences in Hertfordshire has gone up by 80%. Okay, it's gone up by 80%. That's the figures we have. Okay, uh, And these are the figures. Uh, Hertfordshire had the highest increase in the use of suspended sentences, going from 10 in 2002 
to 821 in 2012. Now, I don't think that's 80%. I think that's 800%. You worked it out and went, no, it is 80%, but you're a little bit befuddled. (laughs) I divided 80, uh, 800 and whatever it is by 10. But you need to go... And came up with 82 point something. Yeah, but... Well, yeah, we'll come up with 82... That's, that's, I, that's probably half of the equation. It will come up with 82.1. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to do... You need to... <laughs> oh, bless I'm not having a pop, because I don't know. Mm. I struggle with percentages. But we need you need to do it up. Instead of doing it down, you've got to do it up. So to go from 10 to... Uh, let's say 800, let's round it off, from 10 to 800, that has to be, dear listener, doesn't it? And boy, isn't this fun. That has to be an increase of 800%, not 80%. Uh, 08459 555. That's going to get the phone lines going. Do some maths, please. Do, we're going to play some Van Morrison. It's, it's one of his long... Oh, no, I don't fancy Van Morrison. What do you fancy? You choose. Uh, what have we got? What, we've got loads of stuff. Look. Well, those are all Beatles. And uh, let me get... Hang on, let's just get one of them. Bish, bash, bosh. All up. Have a pick. I'm going to scroll uh, through gently. Anything you see? Uh, Anything you see? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That one? Yeah. Oh, OK. It's slower than you think. I'll be anyway. Where it began I can't begin to knowing But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you Sweet Caroline Good times never seem so Don't seem so lonely We fill it up with only two And when I hurt Hurting runs off my shoulders How can I hurt when holding you? Touching warm Reaching out Touching me
disappointed to say that um, our fun maths phone-in hasn't... This is not even just fun... OK, maybe if we shift the uh, angle of it slightly. It's not fun, it's actually a very serious issue. And by you, and I'm talking to you, dear listener, by you not working out this math problem that admittedly we should have worked out and may have been worked out and I might be making something out of nothing, um, you're responsible for the increase in crime in this area. You, not me, you. An increase from 10 to 800 has to be 800%, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Let's ask someone who knows, Kelly Betts. Kelly? Uh, <laughs> Hello? Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> what's, what's the point? We'll get, we'll get Delia on a bit. Delia on that. Let's have a look at the papers. What have you found in the papers? Um, not very much. You're There's a road, apparently. Um, oh, yeah. It's a story, Where they've done some paving. Yeah. Oh, and, yes. That is and a good story. And uh, it looks a bit like one of those magic eye pictures. Do you remember those? Where if you crossed your eye... I think they damaged my vision, those magic eye pictures. If you crossed your eyes or um, focused really hard, then you could see it. <sighs> <laughs> it's a dolphin. It's a dolphin, man. But this, in this case, it's not a dolphin. No. It's in Grimsby. It's and a road. It's a lot of old people falling over because of this sort of um, this optical There's illusion given by the road. Poor old lady who's fallen over. Oh, in, dear. Uh, terrible, terrible state her eyes are in. So they should stop doing elaborate roads in Grimsby. Here we go. More of that story. Here we go. We talked about stilettos. I'm, I'm really intrigued by stilettos, and not in that way, you deviants. You and the lady boss, as my son calls her, I've got yes. a boy boss and a lady boss, mm-hmm. um, were both wearing quite high heels last night. Um, she was doing it to look glamorous, you were doing it to, to look a decent height. Yes. Um, although you were both walking across the car park last night, you were both staggering around like nobody's <laughs> business. Well, drivers in stilettos are high risk. Do you drive in stilettos? Yeah, I drive. I don't well, you're a high risk. From flip-flops to stilettos, you couldn't drive in flip-flops because uh, you could get the ped- you get the pedal stuck between your foot and the flip, and then you're in... Uh... But you're not allowed to drive in bare feet. I know you're not. And I, that, I've driven in bare feet in the past uh, before I realised it was illegal, guys, although um, not knowing is still not uh, an excuse that you could use in a court of law. And I quite enjoyed it because I was really gripping the, uh, the pedal with my foot. Like a monkey. Much like a monkey. I was doing other things like a monkey as well at the same time. From flip-flops to stilettos, unsuitable footwear behind the wheel is putting lives at risk, experts have warned. Is that, uh, is that car experts or shoe experts? Probably both. I think there's probably a department. Is it Quentin Wilson or is it Gokwan? We just don't know. <laughs> Some motorists even admit to driving, to be- uh, driving barefoot. Um, experts say drivers who do not wear flat shoes with a firm grip could find their feet slipping off the brake or clutch pedals, putting them at risk of a crash. To almost two-thirds admitting driving with one or no hands on the wheel. What? Yet yeah, two-thirds admitting to driving with one hand. Everybody, everybody drives with one yeah. hand, don't they? Yeah. Don't they? Especially truckers. That is the pose, isn't it? You've got to have one arm out. The, one arm is out, and then you've got to have a, an arm free to do the... Uh, Daily does it all the time, right? We went on this driving, um, brilliant driving course. Yeah. And you were supposed to drive um, on your best behaviour. Yeah, oh yeah. Dealey had the window down, his elbow out, he assumed the position. I've had this with Dealey, he's a a terrible driver, yet he claims to be the best driver in the world. (laughs) I wait 459, 455, 555. Now, I I suspect for the next few weeks we're going to get what... Well, the male have, have done their version of it and the son have also done their version of it. The male's version is... They've got hot girls, including our friend Susie Reid, who uh, we spoke to last night and yes. was, was delightful, wasn't she, Kelly? Oh, yep. 
Oh, Susanna Ring? Yeah. Yeah, she was absolutely lovely. Yeah, she came over and said hello to us, to me. To us? And, to me. You didn't tell her about the phone-in that we were running yesterday, We did though. not tell Susie Reid that the phone-in yesterday was, do you think she looks hot this morning? But you did she tell her that we watch her when we're on air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told her that. We're watching her right now. She's wearing a deep blue. Isn't she lovely? And so is Andy Peters. Yes. Good for him. What they've done is in the mail is they've got pictures of beautiful women, including Susanna Reid, uh, Nigel. Beautiful Jello women, Lawson. all with the same haircut. All with the same haircut. Apart from one. Who's at the bottom? Mary Bid. Kim oh. Kardashian. Uh, Nicole Scherzinger. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And they've put beards on them. Yeah, what for? They've put beards on them. Whereas the Sun, the, the way they've handled it, I mean, yeah, that's a whole page of news, for goodness sakes. So, you know, the Sun have got a fella with a beard and a wig and a dress, and he stood outside the Russian embassy. How long is this going to go on for? When is um, the sh- she. Is sh- it's a bloke, it's isn't it? It's a man, yeah. yeah. When is he going to. Conchita. Gonna, yeah. When is he going to. He'll, he'll be over doing Graham Norton show soon at some point, won't he? That'll be happening. Yeah. And then, then we can just forget about the whole whole sordid mess. What's he going to do next? What can he do to up the ante? Shave and have a moustache. Oh, right, Then yeah. mutton chops, and then that's it, he's out. <laughs> he's out of favour. Must keep this, it's got the uh, second instalment of the Richard Littlejohn uh, serialisation of autobiography. So I must, must Speaking of Richards. Yeah. <laughs> Richard and Judy. Oh, yes, yes. Richard and Judy have got a pact. It says on a lot of the papers they've got a suicide pact. It's not really it's that, is it? It's very it, misleading, the suicide pact. It's that conversation that a lot of couples have, which is, if I get ill, will you um, slip me a sandwich? <laughs> I don't think they put it in a sandwich. It's in a, a drink, isn't it? That's always been the plan in my house. A, sa- a poisoned yeah. sandwich? Yeah. What if you're not hungry? Um, you'll know when the butty comes. <laughs> <laughs> I made you a sandwich, Kat. I'm not hungry. I think you should eat it. <laughs> oh, it's the butty. Thanks. And, and people sort of, that's the way we talk about it in a jokey fashion, but yep. we know what it means and it's a really serious kind of It is a very serious thing. I don't know whether I'd really expect my husband to go through with it. I, um, I would, if I, basically what Richard and Judy have said, they're, they're not going to jump off beachy head together, uh, but if one of them is terminally ill and at the end of their days, the other one is um, quite content. There was a really good interview on PM last night, I think it was, with, with both of them, uh, and Richard was saying, Richard, man, who doesn't like me, but I've got a lot of time for Richard, hands across the water, met your son again last night, Jack, nice lad. Not about you, this. No, <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Uh, and Richard said... You know, they had this conversation and Judy said, oh, but if it happened to me, you'd get in terrible trouble. And he said, well, don't, I, I would sort that out. And I thought that was quite nice. And I, I, if, if I were in a situation where, and I've said this before, uh, if my mum said to me, I can't do this anymore, can you, can you help? I would do it. My dad, when my dad was dying, if he'd have, and he was in a lot of pain, and all these people that say, oh, yeah, but when people are dying of cancer and stuff, they don't feel pain because there's so many... The drugs don't work, baby. The drugs don't work. If he'd have said... Can you can you sort something out? I would have done it. Mm. I would have done it. I would have, uh, and, and it would have been pleasure is the wrong word. Honor is. It would have been. It would have felt right. A duty. Duty. A duty that I would have done gladly. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I tell you, what, we'll get just up in a bit. We'll, we'll we'll send Justin out. Not when we mentioned this story to Justin earlier on. He said, "What? So what would you want me to ask? Which one would you save, Richard or Judy?" <laughs> no, that's not what we're asking for, Justin. In the slightest, we'll speak to him in a minute. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had an update from Norbert on the M1 northbound around Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur. There's a car fire, um, but no emergency services are on the scene yet, but should be there shortly. Not causing any major delays on the speed sensors at the moment. The London-bound carriageway is slow, though, between Junction 10 and 9 for Redbourne. 
Also, the M25 anti-clockwise queues already started between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed, and thank you for your very, very nice tweet. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 13th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The borough, count- borough council says footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And in sport, the clear-out of players has started at Steve after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. 08459 455 555. If you're half decent at maths, please call. We're desperate to talk to you. We'll speak after the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's another day of sunshine and showers. Lots of those lovely sunny smells again and lighter winds too. But we have got showers from the outset. They're going to be quite light to start off with, becoming heavier as we head towards lunchtime. And they'll be quite slow moving again and perhaps with some hail and thunder. But they do start to fizzle out later on. So we'll have temperatures today reaching about 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. It will probably feel quite warm in the sunshine. Uh, Tonight, a bit of a chilly night. It should be largely clear and dry, though, with temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees Celsius. And tomorrow, after a cool start, it's a largely dry day with varying amounts of cloud but lots of sunshine. It's going to feel very different as we have high pressure in control, with temperatures reaching 16 or 17 degrees Celsius. Thursday, more in the way of hazy sunshine, but still quite pleasant. A fine and dry day on Friday. On Saturday, there is just a slight chance we could have the odd isolated heavy shower, but uh, you're going to be quite unlucky to catch one one of those I think and then another fine day on Sunday that's your latest forecast Two, three, oh no hang on no hang on whoa, 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 whoa. these are the guys that gave, yeah. gave us the award last night um, I, I said to myself I wasn't going to mention it I've mentioned it six times already Let, enough of that uh, the overtones they were very very nice lad. really nice weren't they yeah just a joke because I've done that gig when you give out awards and you don't care you're there to plug something uh, and they were genuinely really nice boys they all came over and gave me a hug I mean yeah. who hugs the producer no one cares about the producer no literally no one cares about the producer this is their record yeah do we play it they're really talented and I think we should uh, repay the compliment You got hips like hollow, curves like mongrel, you don't see it, you don't believe it. I tried to tell you, you got it all going on, but you think I'm crazy. So bright to me And I wouldn't 
That's not aimed at me. I think that's a, a thoroughly enjoyable tune. And they were such nice really lads. Nice. They were really nice. You what? think they'd won a competition? Weren't they nice, Justin? Oh, they, they were absolutely fantastic. But they've got it wrong there. They've oh, got God. it wrong. All your heroes are size zeros. No, no, no. Rick Waller. I was a big fan. <laughs> hey, Rick Waller. Now, mm. listen. Let's uh, get him on the show. There, wasn't there a documentary about Rick Waller? Probably. That was fascinating because, and I met Rick Waller, and he, this is, the, well, pun intended, I guess, he did like to throw his weight around. Oh, yeah. This is where Rick Waller, the, for those who don't remember, he was the big lad that won um, X Factor. He got a sore throat, though, didn't he? He got a sore throat. Um, but he was, uh, he, he, he had ideas above his station, shall we say, and uh, got a little bit arrogant. Yeah. He was a little bit arrogant. Uh, Justin, maths. Yes, boss. Ten, from 10 in 2002 to 800 in 2012. What percentage increase is that? Uh, are we talking about Hertfordshire here, yeah? Yeah. Um, that off the top of my head, let me just have a quick think. Da, 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 da. That would be uh, an 8,000% increase. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> now you've thrown something else into the mix. Sorry, boss. It says 80 in the script. Yep. I think it's 800. You've got 8,000. Yep, it's um, an 8,000% uh, increase. Well, okay, uh, show your workings out. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll um, bring that back into the office a bit later on. Yeah? Okay, so we'll say okay. that. Andrew's in Bedford. Say there, Just. We'll come to you in a second. Andrew. Yes. Are you good at maths? Uh, yes, Justin is right. It is, it is an 8,000. Eight? What? How? Well, you... Right, okay. Whoever wrote 80, you're fired. Oh, I'm feeling happy. You can stay. Uh, you thought it was 80. I, I thought it's, No, I didn't know. I, so what would an 800 increase be? 800% increase be? 800, that, that would be um, uh, a tenth of it, wouldn't it? 800 would be, hold on. No, 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 no. No, 80%. No, 80%. What? Hold on, I'll just tell you, point one. An 800% increase Yeah. would be... It'll be, it'll be 80. No, it would be, oh. yes, 80. 80, 80. Isn't that... Well, blimey. Why are percentages... That, percentages should be really easy to do, because it's just divisions of 100. Yeah, we're having this conversation. Uh, but they're well hard, Andrew. No, they're not, no. How did you, how did you get that that was 8,000? Did you... What did you do? Well, you divide 10 by uh, 100 to get the percentage, yeah. 0.1. Yeah. 
and then you divide 0.1 into what the increase is, and you get 8,000. He's good. He's good. 56 times 3. 168. Are you doing that on a calculator? No. Throw what this guy's like, um, Blimmin' Rain Man. Throw one at him, Cass. Go on. No, I can't think of any numbers at all. Kels, throw, Kels, throw a sum at uh, Andrew. 80 times 24. Yeah, <laughs> in your face, Andrew. Wow, 80 times 24. Yeah, deal with it. Don't, don't you know your 24 times tables? 1,920. Oh, well, he's saying numbers, you don't know whether <laughs> no, that's right. right. <laughs> he could just be making them up. Andrew, you're a very good sport. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. OK, thank, thank you. Thank you for calling in. What, see, that we've got nice listeners. He could. I, I, I believe that he got those answers. Well, in that case, 8,000% is... is <laughs> it's even more. It's even more staggering. <laughs> who did this? Justin! Uh, boss, can I just uh, give credit there to uh, Simon Oxley, uh, who was working out that uh, sum for me. Uh, well, hang on a minute. Hang, gonna, yeah. well, hang on a minute. Mm. Oh, what, 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 what's this deal you've got, this maths exclusivity deal you've got with Oxley? Why couldn't, <laughs> he have bu- why couldn't he have buzzed it down to us? Because I knew, you said earlier on, let's ask Daly about this. Oh, oh I, I got an E in my maths. <laughs> I started to panic. <laughs> Bring Oxley. Oxley, you're in the room. Right, get that calculator out, get to work. I need an answer, and quick. Simon Oxley, thank you very much, you're and Andrew, thank you very much indeed. Now, we've got a story for you. Okay. You know the story, and I, we, we, just explain the story again, Catherine, and let's explain to Justin the specifics of what we want and what, what we don't the want. The Richard or Judy story. The, yeah, yeah, yes. yes, it's not Richard or Judy. It's the, it's the, it's that they would help each other. Assisted suicide is yeah. the story, isn't it? Yeah. Have you, have you made a deal with your... Yeah. And, and just to reiterate, Justin, we do not want you to ask which one would you save, Richard or Judy. That's <laughs> which not... one would you save, though? Um, well, if... OK. I would save Richard... I like Be- Judy. Well, I, I, would, I would say I would prefer to save Judy, yeah. but Richard's, Richard doesn't like me. And that, I was very, I was, years and years ago, I was very, very rude about them in a, in a former life on a television you show. You rude about somebody. We used really? to make ju- wow. jokes about them, and I, 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 I regret upsetting people. Yeah. I'm friends with his son. His son was there last night. Mm-hmm. But Richard doesn't like me. So I would save Richard right. to, to say, so afterwards I'd go, you see, I'm, I'm not such like a bad guy. Like me again. Yeah, like mm-hmm. me. And then he'd go, why didn't you save my wife? You let my wife die. I hate you double now. <laughs> you see, I think this one's better. Which one would you save, Richard or Judy? Oh, you could do it as a side note, but yeah. in uh, all seriousness, in yeah. all seriousness, if your partner asks you to kill them, would you do it? Yeah, we'll, we'll take that one out to the streets. Find out what people think. <laughs> That's going to be um, your opener. Morning, morning, sir. Yeah. Um, just a quick question. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know it's one of those topics which comes up, and particularly of course um, when we had a, a story in Luton all oh, about ten years ago now mm. with uh, Brian Pretty uh, about his yes, wife. Yes, oh um, yeah. So it's got a strong local connection, this particular topic. I think most people um, would do what their partner wanted them to do. Yes, it's breaking the law, but I think the majority of people would do that. If their partner wanted that, that's what they would do. Or you say you would. I think you're in that position. It well, do you remember we, we talk about this? It pops up every, every few months. Remember we had that woman from a Christian... I think it was a Christian organisation who, who just hung up halfway through the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because she, there are people. You, you say that just. There are people who are very, very strongly against that and think, you know, that we don't have a right to choose when we go, and it's a higher power, and you know, we should. Um, it's all a learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. But so we should find out what people think this morning, and I shall report back in a bit. How are you feeling this morning, Just? I'm feeling good, boss. How are you feeling? Breakfast show of the year. Yeah. You feel proud? You yeah. feel good? No, I feel yeah. very, very well embarrassed done. by the whole thing. But um, and you looked a little bit rough when you came in this morning. What? Kath's trying to stifle a big yawn. Hey, you hey, looked a little bit rough. Hey, listen, I've got my suit on this morning. I'm yeah. doing it for the ladies. You call what did you call it? A double ender? Uh, yes, because <laughs> I, I wore it. Yes, I wore. <laughs> you because I wore it a it. double ender. I wore it last night. 
And uh, I'm wearing it again today, but uh, with a little change of shirts and a little bit of uh, Bacardi over the top. So, yes, you can wear it to an awards evening and wear it to work the next day. It's not too OTT. This is why I never wear dicky bows, you see. You, a dicky bow you couldn't wear for no, an awards well, evening I, and then for work the next day, could I, you? I brought some jeans and a shirt. We all brought a change of clothes. No, listen, this morning I'm celebrating. I am taking it to the streets in style. <laughs> By the way, Justin, we've got your tie from last night and we're going to give that away as a prize later on to one lucky listener. Would okay? you like me to sign it? Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? The boss is going, no, don't do a competition, for goodness sakes. Catherine, thank you very much. You're welcome. Go and bully Ke- uh, Kelly into putting the kettle on, please. Oh, no, gasping. Uh, tell me about it. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Uh, what, after I said last night to Roger Daltrey from The Who, thank you for the music. Roger said, I, I, he said, I said, oh, nice to meet you. He went, oh, thanks very much, mate. I went, no, thank you, Roger for the music. I said that to Roger Daltrey. What embarrassing things or lies have you said to celebrities? And on a slightly more serious note, the, the subject of assisted suicide. 08459 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, around Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur, we had a call from Norbert saying there was a car fire. Haven't got any major delays on the speed sensors at the moment. The London-bound carriageway, though, heavy going between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Then on the sensors in Borehamwood, the A1 southbound, heavy going between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Kelly's just reminded me of the first thing I said to Roger Daltrey. Roger, I've just got to say, I really liked you in The Who. (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. Here's the news with mathematician Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines, video cameras for lollipop men and women in Bedford. 16-year-old boy released on bail after High Wycombe shootings. And inspectors say Milton Keynes prison is disappointing. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say a minority of drivers ignore the school crossing patrols and put children's lives at risk. They say footage will be passed to the police. These residents are in favour. I think it's a great idea if it's safety kids cars don't stop then yeah it needs to be recorded it's a good idea as long as it's got some sort of recordable device where not everyone can have access to it it's only certain individuals that can yeah i'm all up for it i think it's a great idea i really do i think the camera never lies so people who are being abusive will probably think twice if they know they're going to be on camera A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. Three people received gunshot wounds and two others were injured during the incident in Lucas Wood near Underwood Road. None of the injuries are thought to be life-threatening. Thames Valley Police say the offenders may have been known to the victims. Inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. The high security Category A jail has been described as disappointing after an unannounced inspection in January. But inspectors say the new management team are getting to grips with Woodhill. More from Jessica Cooper. Inspectors said they found a mixed picture when visiting the jail. 
They were concerned about the number of suicides, high levels of assault and the lack of time prisoners spent outside their cells. But they found the general prison environment was good and services to support family contact had improved. Women with low-risk pregnancies are being encouraged to give birth in units led by midwives rather than on traditional hospital wards. The health watchdog NICE says its new draft guidelines are based on evidence that suggests they're just as safe and mothers tend to have a better experience. The number of people who have avoided prison and were given a suspended sentence in Hertfordshire has gone up by over 8,000% in the 10 years since 2002, the largest increase in the country. In Bedfordshire, it's increased by over 3,000% over the same period. More from Tony Fisher. Suspended sentences are given out by judges to people convicted of a crime, generally with conditions attached, which if broken would result in them going to jail. The Centre for Crime Prevention, who obtained the figures from freedom of information requests, has called for suspended sentences to be abolished. The government says it's overhauling sentencing and making sure judges have tough sentencing options available to them. And this programme has won gold at the Radio Academy Awards in London. Ian and the team won Breakfast Show of the Year, one of four golds for BBC Local Radio. In sport, the clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. The weather, a mix of scattered heavy showers and warm sunny intervals, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's nice and it's full of history as you walk around. And all this week we're featuring Hatfield. Plenty to do for the children. I've seen changes over the years but it's a good place to live. It's all about where you live. It's the right size. It's it's not overbearing. Give it a go. Why not? It could be the make of your... The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. I love the fact. I love the fact that that guy likes where he lives because it's the right size. As he says, it's not overbearing. I need to think. Have a think about where you live. I'm thinking about where I live now. I think where I live is the right size. It's yeah, not overbearing. That London's big, isn't it? I mean, London is so That's overbearing. Massive. Have a think. Give us a call. Where, where you live? Is it the right size, or do you think it's a little bit overbearing? Or dare I say it, a little bit too small. Oh, imagine living somewhere a little bit too small. Busy, if slightly discombobulated show this morning. Crossing cams, suspended sentence, and what ridiculously inane things have you said to a celebrity? After last night, I said to Roger Daltrey, Hey, Roger, I really liked you in The Who. His reply was, Thank you, mate. My reply, no, thank you, pause, for all the music. Wow, I said it. But I meant it. The thing is, I wasn't saying it. I I said it and I meant it. Thank you for the music. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Or you can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, let's get on with the show. Mobile cameras are being worn by school lollipop men and women and in Bedford to deter those who swear at staff and speed past patrols. We've talked about this before. 
um, uh, uh, the abuse that lollipop men and women get. I, why would you abuse a lollipop man or a woman? Why, why would you do that? At, at the very, very worst, there are slight inconvenience in the same way that traffic lights and pelican crossings are a slight inconvenience. But you, you'd have to be really cold to think of them as an inconvenience because, you know, they're helping kids cross the road safely. That's the very, very worst you could say about So why would someone speed past them, flicking them the Vs and shouting abuse? Incredible. Video footage of people ignoring patrols or being abusive could be passed to the police following an increase in these problems in the borough. The council's decision to introduce the cameras is winning support from local residents. We heard from them earlier on in the show. And later on, we'll speak to Bedford Borough ca- uh, Council. But we can hear now from Jack Hart, who's from the Freedom Association, which is an impartial libertarian pressure group dedicated to fighting for individual liberty and and freedom of expression. Morning, Jack. Good morning. Cameras on uh, crossing staff. What do you reckon? Good idea? Um, I don't really. I think this is just a, yet another example where CCTV is viewed as a sort of perceived quick fix. I think if you just stick up some cameras, the problem will go away. But if people are being abusive to um, uh, lollipop men and women, then th- we need some way of, of recording that. It's n- you can't just write on the black line with a piece of chalk anymore. We need something, don't we, to catch these thugs? Well, I think we do, but when you bear in mind these, these cameras are going to cost in the realm of about £1,000 each, you're looking at the potential. You could actually have other people there to, to witness what was going on. Just using a camera isn't mm. going to make the problem gonna go away. What, what suggestions would you, would you use, then, Jack? You mentioned other people there and, and, and maybe getting a, you know, mums or dads to be a witness. Is there anything else that could be done? Well, you know, we have PCSOs that would be ideal for sort of witnessing this sort of thing and ensuring it doesn't happen. Plus, if someone saw a PCSO, they'd be far less likely to commit such a sort of offence. But if a, if a, if you're saying that, then we need to have a PCSO at every um, um, at crossing with a lollipop man or woman. We might as well just get rid of the lollipop people and have the PCSO doing the crossing. Well, I think the, the, the main problem I have, really, is the use of CCTV will just be the thin end of the wedge. You know, how long until local councils start using them to record parking offences and all other sorts of things? Because mm. they're being controlled by a local council. That's my main problem. If it was being controlled by the police or someone with the authority to actually deal with the offender, they'd be far more effective than just the local council filming uh, their citizens. Well, I was going to say, it, it, it is a local council thing, and it would be the local council that gets to view the footage. You're worried that it might be used for more than just naughty drivers who, who, who are flicking the Vs at a lollipop man. For sure. You know, there are so many examples of where local councils become overzealous and start using stuff for things it was never designed for. We've had examples of using anti-terror legislation for people living in the wrong catchment area. So with these cameras, it will not be too long until you receive a letter in the post a couple of weeks later telling you parked in the wrong place near a school. You know, this is exactly what will happen with CCTV. CCTV is, is getting bigger and bigger in terms of personal CCTV. I um, uh, uh, often see cyclists and motorcyclists with uh, cameras strapped to their head, uh, and we're being encouraged to uh, install cameras in the front and the back of our cars in case there's an accident. Does that worry you, Jack? It does to an extent. I think this idea of the surveillance state is just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, and we're now constantly filmed throughout the day. If you walk, I live in central London. If I walk around, I'm filmed millions of times a day, most of the time without my consent. I don't really think that's on. Why not? Because people are, 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 are protecting themselves. You're not suggesting that the, the, the drivers that have uh, a camera in their car or the cyclists with cameras on their head, they're not going to exploit that footage, are they? They're doing that to protect themselves and make it easier to make a claim if there is an accident. 
Well, there is that, but you also have examples where it is used for other reasons. You know, I think in, in London recently, there was a big uh, famous blog where people were taking photographs sort of uh, hidden on the tube and putting them up online. And people do do the same with this video footage they've taken in their cars. I think it really is the thin end of the wedge when we're sort of, you know, under the impression that the best thing to do is to film someone else the entire time. It sort of removes any privacy we have. It does remove privacy, and I, I, and I can um, kind of get my head around why people would object to that. But it... it, it we we need to do something, and and just relying on people to be decent, th- uh, you know, people that will help out. It doesn't always work. It doesn't. But then again, I think when you go back to these cameras on the on the lollipops, they're, they're going to cost a thousand pounds each, nearly. Mm. You know, that money could be spent in far better ways, improving the road area, so it was harder for drivers to drive in a manner that was aggressive. You know, doing stuff like that, that will actually have a real benefit rather than just filming the offender. Jack, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Let's throw that out there to you, dear listener. That's Jack Hart. From the Freedom Association, doesn't think it's a good idea for lollipop men and women to um, have cameras on them. Ground is quite expensive. Why is it costing us? Th- I, don't, I mean, I, we've, we've not looked into the uh, costs. No doubt we'll find out later on, or maybe not. A thousand pounds seems quite expensive when you could buy a cheap camera for uh, what hundred quid? Probably even less than that these days, and just whack it on the stick, whack it on the end of your stick. Vic, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number uh, if you want to give us a call about that. And we've we've done the abuse to lollipop men and women before, but what have you seen? What have you seen people doing? And I don't, I just don't understand why anyone would do it. There's nobody gentler no. than the lollipop lady. And look at who they're helping: people who can't cross the road on their own. Although I, I do have a problem with the ones that just stand there and press the button at Pelican Crossing. I don't, we don't need those but guys. But if they stop kids from just um, pressing it and walking off. No, oh, come on, one of the... <sighs> I remember getting really told off by my dad for doing that once. Oh, I remember getting beeped out on the Farnham Road in Slough and uh, drivers shouted at me and I burst into tears. Yeah. But, man, what a buzz. <laughs> <laughs> what a rush. Come on, one of... Li- listen, I don't, mi- I don't mind young kids up to the age of eight pushing the button and then running off. I mean, if that's, if that's all they're doing, then, then fair play to them. Annoying mind. What is Annoying. it? Why do kids love pressing the button on the crossing so much? If I've got my boy on my shoulders, I have to bend down so he can yeah. reach the button. Kids' privilege as well. And you're walking towards it and you think, oh, let, please let them, my kids, um, press it. Yeah. You see a grown-up in front of those. And also, because I've got two boys and the youngest now wants to press, same in lifts. Uh, and it, the youngest, you can st- you can still con that when the lift button has turned red because the oldest has pressed it, you can still con him that his press is still yeah. just as valid. It's still just as important. What is it? Why do why do kids want to press buttons so much? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. Have a little look at the papers. The Independent. Let's, let's, let's talk about something important, shall we? The, uh, their demeanour struck me. They are quiet, docile, passive. All in grey, dark grey, black. The colours of the clouds that block out the sun. These are the uh, the video footage of some of the two hundred and seventy odd girls that were uh, were snatched by Boko Haram. We were watching this. Kath and I were watching this last night when we, we, we got in. We were staying at the uh, hotel, and we were watching Sky News, and they showed the footage of these girls disgusting footage of these girls all sat there and then they showed the leader of the terrorist group that that's captured them tough guy big tough guy he was with his machine gun and just the the um the contradiction in those two images of those poor girls those children i mean look at them now the front page is they're on the front page of the independent the children being held prisoner cut into some big 
tough guy with a machine gun. Listen, it's easy to be a tough guy when you've got a machine gun and you're pointing that machine gun at girls, at young girls or young boys, at children. It's easy to be a tough guy then. Go and have a fight. If you're going to have a fight, go and have a fight with the army. Go and, go and fight the army. Don't go and pick on 300 girls and, and take them at gunpoint. Oh, it's got me angry, this story. Uh, Joyce is in Leegrave. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. Joyce, what can I do for thee? Well, you're talking about pedestrian crossings, etc. Yes. Your little children, when they press the button, yeah. get them to hold... There's a little turn screw at the bottom of the box. Oh, I know the, tu- I know the turn screw. Have you showed them how to hold it? I've shown them how to hold it. Do you know what the turn screw's for? The green man comes on. Yes. And if they're not looking at the light or whatever, they're more fascinating, the children. They know when yeah. that turn screw goes, they can go. Who's the turn screw for, Joyce? For the chi- well, I think for the children no. and the blind people. It's the deaf and the blind. Yes, it's the deaf and the blind who can't hear or see the uh, indication to cross. That's right, because I'm visually impaired and that helps a lot. Yeah. Oh, do, do you, you actually use it, do you? Because it starts spinning, doesn't it, when yes, it's time to cross? it's good, it's good. And uh, lots of children don't know about it, you see. Well, so. uh, I only found out, Joyce, about it a couple of years ago, doing a phone-in on another station. And now I know about it. And now you know about it, dear listener. You will not be able to stop seeing these things. (laughs) They're they're little black um, sort of uh, ridged cones at the bottom of Pelican Crossings. That's right. It's amazing the little things that are hidden away that that you only know about if someone mentions it. That's right. It may save a little child's life anyway. Joyce, thank you very much indeed. There we go, you see. All right, Kels. How are you feeling? Yeah? Uh, I didn't drink. I didn't drink. I was sensible. We'll go through the rest of the papers in a bit. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Quarter past seven. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with, uh, with I nearly said, with Kelly. That would be a disaster. With Alice, of course. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound at Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. On the entry slip road, a lane is blocked because of a car fire. The London-bound carriageway looking heavy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. Then the M25 anti-clockwise really starting to look heavy, queuing between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Also got delays in Kings Langley. The A41 looking heavy as you head south towards the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Jack Hart from the Freedom um, thingy, who we just spoke to, is just, have you read his tweet? No. He's just tweeted, always fancied having a chat with Ian Lee, just never expected it to be at 7am about CCTV cameras on lollipop men and women's lollipops. <laughs> it's the odd things we do in this job. Jack, I appreciate you coming on this ridiculous time of the day. Thank you. <laughs> 7.16, it's Tuesday the 13th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after sh- uh, shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And in sport, the clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC 
Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Some of the clubs are nice. My Bolsh Club's a good, nice club. Inviting everyone to where you live. I came here with my parents, came when the big industry started. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. When you're out of Hatfield, you do miss it, because it's our little town. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Spent a load of money making a big monkey thing over there and then closed it down the day it was opened. The Big Tour. I've lived here all my life, knew enough. I enjoy it. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. number of people who've avoided prison and um, uh, been given a suspended sentence in Hertfordshire has gone up by a staggering 8,000% in the 10 years since 2002. In Bedfordshire, it's increased, uh, well, by by 3,500% over the same period, I would imagine. Suspended sentences are given out by judges to people convicted of a crime, generally with conditions attached, which, if broken, would result in them going to jail. The Centre for Crime Prevention, who obtained the figures from Freedom of Information requests, want to stop suspended sentences from being used. Joined now by uh, Peter Cuthbertson, is the director of the CCP. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. What exactly do these figures mean? Well, they, they show the, um, as you said, the number of people in any particular year who uh, they're given a prison sentence, and uh, it only happens in cases where it's an offence serious enough to go to prison, and the judge then says the sentence is suspended. You won't be serving it, but uh, in in principle, that person, if they reoffend, can be given the prison sentence after all. In practice, it it really works out that way, and uh, it is it is usually something that the the criminal is very pleased to receive because it means they walk away from court that day and uh, chances are they won't be serving any sentence Well, yes, th- there are some people who, who view it as getting away with it, isn't, uh, aren't there? The, yes, and I, 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 to be honest, I'm one of them. I think it's... Um, it's certainly not as simple as saying if they reoffend or breach conditions, they, they'll definitely serve the sentence later. Um, the courts have all sorts of, I suppose you could call them safeguards, that make it very difficult for that person to do that. They can, they can give a reasonable excuse for breaching conditions. The court can say, well, the new offence isn't that serious, so we'll not, we'll not actually impose the sentence, or it's not imprisonable, so we won't impose it, or they'll say, oh, we'll impose a lesser sentence. There are, there are many reasons that uh, even those who do re-offend don't go to prison afterwards. Pe- Peter, have I got this right? In Hertfordshire, it was, uh, there were 10 suspended sentences in 2002 and 821 in 2012. That's right, yeah, so 82 times common yeah why um why have the number of suspended sentences gone up well what happened in 2003 is that the law was changed to um get rid of a safeguard that said that suspended sentences should be used only in exceptional circumstances and since that time they've really exploded in number across the country it, as, as you touched on it Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire that uh, has had the biggest increase uh, in the country, but um, yeah, it's, it's happened nationally as well. If someone, ha- if it's a first offence, then isn't a suspended sentence the right thing to do? Maybe someone's got in with the wrong crowd and they've made a really bad life choice and that they genuinely regret it and uh, you know are shocked that they've done it. I- in that instance, isn't the suspended sentence the right thing? 
I think it's, it, prison isn't always the right approach, um, especially for first offences. It's incredibly rare, as it is, for someone to go to prison for a first offence. About, um, I think it's about 12% of people in prison are there for a first offence, and usually it's something very serious for those first-time offenders. That's not really the issue, unfortunately. It's more about people who commit one crime after another and then get a suspended sentence, one suspended sentence after another, and go to prison. And... Um, you know, 9,000 people uh, last year um, had committed more than 10 previous offences and still got a suspended sentence. Do we, I, I don't suppose we know, do we, Peter, what those offensive might, offensive might have been? Because it, it could have been something, mm, I'm trying to think of something that's, it, I mean, it could have been physical violence and robbery, or it could have been something slightly less important, like stealing a couple of apples from Tesco. Not to demean that, that's still a crime, but, you know, in the great scheme of things, it's it's not necessarily warranting uh, a prison sentence. Well, it it does vary, but um, we do know the categories of crime. So, um, you know, of... of, um of those who committed violent offences, 35% got a, uh, excuse me. No, it's a ridiculous time in the morning, I can barely speak, don't worry. No, it's fine. Of those sentenced for violent offences, 35% of those sentences were suspended. Um, For sex offences, one in eight. So um, it it is, in some cases, some really very serious offences, and it includes things like, um, actually, child molesters, um, people who've hit punched people so hard that they died. Um, someone, a Hertfordshire man who took a bomb into a hotel, the, the bomb didn't detonate, but uh, thankfully, but he still got a suspended sentence. Hang on a second, sorry, are you saying that... You, OK, so a man who took a bomb into a hotel got a suspended sentence? Yeah. And someone who punched someone with one punch and killed them got a suspended sentence? That sort of thing happens, yeah. Gosh, <laughs> that that shocked me. It would be, and if anyone can defend that, then do give me a call. That kind of stuff, I guess, is pretty hard to defend, isn't it? Is it about justice, though, Peter, or, or is it about revenge uh, and punishment from the victims and the victims' families? I, I think it is about justice. I think that it, it is right that someone who commits a serious offence should uh, be punished for it in itself, and I would defend that. But it's, I think, the biggest reason that we should have a set and more serious repeat offenders in prison is protecting the public. If someone's in prison, uh, they can't re-offend for the duration of the sentence. If the sentence is a, a long sentence, if it's more than two years, they're less likely to re-offend as well. That's something that just can't be offered by any of the alternatives like fines or suspended sentences or community sentences. Peter, I'm going to let you go. The line's not brilliant, but I think we got your message. Thank you very much indeed. That's Peter Cuthbertson, Director of the CCP. Uh, over to you, dear listener, 08459 555 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, uh, I, I, again, we're asking this morning, what, have, what, what stupid things have you said to celebrities or, or what lies have you told? Or have you ever pretended to be called Jackie? Oh! <laughs> No, this is a great one. This is a great one. Have you ever pretended your name is something different? Yeah. Oh, wait, four, that's a great one. There we go. Have you ever pretended your name is something different? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. And and Paul on Twitter has very kindly uh, remind, put two of the things I've said together this morning. I have to clarify. I do not drink. I was stone cold sober when I said to Roger Daltrey, "I really liked you in the Who." Thanks, mate. <laughs> no, thank you. 
for all the music. There was no booze, there was no narcotic, there was nothing running through my veins except the excitement of meeting one of my heroes. But Daltrey's face was like, yeah, okay. You've been on the sauce, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, he probably was. He thought, who's this idiot in a black tie who's boozed up? I bet up? it's nice to hear, though. Would you ever get fed up of hearing that? I got fed up of it last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, uh, you know, it was it was coming from a genuine place of love and respect for the man and his work. Because another way that people deal with celebrities is yeah. by making out they're not bothered by being really rude to them. Oh, I, yeah, I met a, rude, a very rude woman last night. Did you, did you, you were probably too, too far gone to notice the rude woman. Which rude woman? Right towards the end. She said, oh, I've, uh, I've heard a lot about you. She, t- she tapped her nose and I said, right, are you doing the I've got a secret tap or the I, I, I've, I've got, got loads of cocaine tap? Oh. Rude. Rude. People, oh, I didn't see her. People, you were stood right next to her as it was happening. <laughs> she was it's a talking good job to- I didn't see it, otherwise I would have sorted her. <laughs> talking to my Ian like that. Yeah, exactly. 08459 455 555. You'd have been, leave it, Kath, she's not worth she's it. She's not worth it. Let's have a look at the rest of the front pages, shall we? The Guardian uh, pictures. What's interesting is the Guardian have chosen to um, um, pixelate the pictures of the girls that have been kidnapped. They're the only paper, the only news outlet, because they were being shown on Sky. The Times has got the pictures. The Independent has got the pictures. Um, the Daily Telegraph. I wonder why they've chosen to do that. Because they haven't had their permission to reproduce their images. But surely the point is we want to know who they are. Uh, I, I, by seeing the pictures, I think that humanises it. 270 girls being kidnapped is such a big number that I can't quite visualise it. So seeing a hundred odd of the girls sat there, seeing the close-up of this girl who's speaking to the camera, she's not, she's reading something being held beneath the camera. You look, she's looking underneath the camera. Seeing their faces humanises it. And makes me more interested, it makes me more concerned about the situation. Uh, By pixelating it, well, I mean, the, 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 the Guardian have said that we've pixelated uh, the, the, the faces to protect their identities. OK, that's fair enough. That's the choice you've made. Just seems an odd one. Uh, Tories on top as Labour poll rating sinks to four-year low, says uh, the Guardian, the Telegraph, uh, NHS chief's expenses, and more about those girls. Just had a phone call from a prison officer on his way to work. Oh, yeah. Can't come on, because obviously he's on his way to work, but he says the whole reason why these suspended sentences are getting so numerous, and for various offences, you know, you'd think that a suspended sentence might be for a one-off crime and you're not a danger. Don't don't say it. What? Don't say it, it's because they've not got the room. He said because they're cutting staff, they're understaffed, and if they put more people in, they'd have to um, bump up the numbers. Flipping heck. That's his take on it, anyway. Phone's oh, going again, can you just... Uh... Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> sorry, boss. Uh, the other papers. The Daily Mail, NHS push for home births, and um, more details on the uh, Rolf Harris case that's going on. And the Daily... Uh, well, let's do The Sun first. We'll come to The Express in a second. The Sun vultures six thieves, two raids on Peach's home since her death. And the Express, brisk walk to save your life. Just 20 minutes a day will lower blood pressure. Yeah, OK. The story I'm interested in is Richard and Judy. Why we have a suicide pact. It's not a suicide pact. It isn't a suicide pact, OK? What it is, is if one of them gets terminally ill, the other one has said, yeah, OK, you know, if, if, if the end is in sight and you're in pain and suffering, I will end your life. It's the assisted suicide argument brought up again. Does it, does it change your opinion... 
that it's someone as cuddly and as friendly and as warm as Richard and Judy discussing this. When they were on PM last night on Radio 4, Eddie Mayer said, do you not think uh, that as celebrities you have a responsibility to kind of hold back on it being so open and sharing these kind of thoughts? And they said, well, no, we think, you know, this is what we believe and so we, we're going to open our mouth. First things first, and it's an odd question. If your partner was dying and they asked you to kill them, would you do it? There's the first question. Secondly... Has it changed your opinion slightly of Richard and Judy? Do you think any more or any less of them for coming out and saying this? Honestly, for me, I think a whole lot more of them. I think it's a really brave thing for them to come out and say that they do. I, I don't know. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors, we've got queues in Cheshunt on the A10 as, as you head south towards the M25. Then on the M25 itself, queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On the M1 itself, the London-bound carriageway, heavy going between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. Then the northbound carriageway at Junction 10, a lane is blocked on the entry slip road after a car fire. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. It's 7.30 on the nose. Let's get the news now with Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. The high-security Category A jail has been described as disappointing after an unannounced inspection in January. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. Philippe Moray, Luke Jones, Peter Hartley, Simon Heslop and Sam Wedgbury follow Marcus Haber out of the Lamech Stadium after the striker was released last month. Borough have also triggered options on the contracts of player of the season Luke Freeman plus Dean Parrott and Rory Deacon. Freeman, though, is expected to leave. Speaking after relegation was confirmed, Chairman Phil Wallace outlined their plans. I would like to think that we can be a full next year we've got virtually a clean piece of paper with regards to playing style um, we've been very cautious in that all of our players are out of contracts but we have options on all of them so we can choose who we keep this season, which was not the case last season. Wickham Wanderers Trust says a community share scheme is currently the best option to take the club forward, with £400,000 already pledged. It follows the sale of the club falling through, with one unnamed buyer pulling out and another bidder having their offer rejected. Queen's Park Rangers will play Derby in the Championship playoff final. Harry Redknapp's QPR beat Wigan 2-1 after extra time in last night's semi-final second leg. Rio Ferdinand is leaving Manchester United after 12 years and more than 400 appearances for the club. He hasn't been offered a new contract. And double Olympic and world champion Mo Farah has confirmed he will compete at this year's Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. 
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to see some pictures of last night, I believe they are on the Instagram page. Uh, Ian Leisha, if you're a fan of the Instagrammers. Um, we've got no pictures of Justin Daly, which is, uh, which is unusual. He took them all himself, surely. There'll be a lot of selfies somewhere. It, he got very annoyed. We all, we all lined up for... Uh, oh, gosh, don't post that one. Oh, just, an image has popped in. Here, hold this. Hold it there. Um, we all posed at the end of the night. At the end of the night for, for a picture. The whole team. The lady boss, everybody was there. It was very, very nice. <laughs> And the picture was taken with, oi, 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 where's the flash? He got genuinely annoyed. Yeah. We all moved before that could, uh, we, we could do anything else with that. We'll put the pictures up on uh, Instagram, Ian Lee Show, if you want to go and have a little look at that. We're asking what ridiculous, uh, embarrassing things have you said to a celebrity? And have you ever pretended your name is something else? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, an unannounced inspection at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has found high levels of assault, almost double what inspectors have seen in other local prisons. The high-security Category A prison, which holds convicted adults and those on remand, was visited by the inspectors in January this year, at a time when a new management team and governor were in place. Well, Martin Lomas is the Deputy Chief Inspector of Prisons and joins me now. Good morning, Martin. Good morning to you. What did, what did your inspectors find at Woodhill? Well, Woodhill's a, a complex prison. It uh, fulfills a number of uh, roles, some of them concerning some very serious offenders, but it also has a sort of normal, uh, if, if one can use that phrase, local prison function serving uh, the area to which you broadcast. I mean, I think over time we have described a prison that is essentially adequate and, and just satisfactory, and I think that's what we found again, really. Uh, it was a fairly mixed assessment, a recurring theme at Woodhill is the uh, lack of education and uh, work that's available for prisoners. Um, so some some disappointing findings. Not not all bad. In High truth. levels of assault, though. That, that that sounds pretty serious. Well, I think it is serious. Yeah, um, more prisoners felt unsafe uh, 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 this time when we surveyed them than, we, than they did when we last surveyed them. Many felt victimised. About 40% of them felt victimised by staff. I mean, there were some improving outcomes with regard to safety generally, but, yeah, assaults were twice what we'd expect. Paradoxically, uh, the number of fights, a uh, sort of subset of assaults, I suppose, was, was, was more consistent with what you'd expect to find in a prison like Woodhill. What can be done to uh, reduce these assaults that are taking place there? Well, most prisons... Uh, have what, what's called a, a violence reduction strategy. It's uh, uh, th- that will encompass, you know, a, a range of issues to do with supervision, to do with the quality of relationships, to do with the quality of security and intelligence, uh, specific interventions. I, I think, in in truth, um, whilst the security side at Woodhill is is pretty impressive, actually, the the, the the security based and predicated on relationships between staff and prisoners is satisfactory and meets requirements. Some of their approach was a bit lacklustre. Their anti-bullying strategy, for example, um, looked good, but wasn't, wasn't as effective as it should have been, in truth. Um, five prisoners, if I've got this right, have taken their own lives since your last inspection in January 2012. Four of those deaths happened last year. More needs to be done to prevent that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, that is obviously a, a seri- serious and troubling finding. Uh, and it's also... Uh, it's also uh, consistent with uh, 
quite a quite a high quite high levels of uh, incidents of self harm as well, and quite high numbers of prisoners requiring case management, which is a sort of process by which you seek to identify those who are in potential crisis and and and, and support them. In in many respects, again, they had good policies, but the practice was was fell short. Um, in a sense, it, that describes the 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 inspection really. Some of it was all right, but other mm. uh, the other aspects didn't meet requirements. So, for example, you know, whilst quite high numbers of prisoners were identified, the quality of the case management was, again, really lacklustre. Concerningly, um, in, uh, when a, a prisoner takes his own, own life, when, when a tragedy like that occurs, uh, the matter is investigated by the Prisons and Probations Ombudsman as a specific inquiry. And they make recommendations, and they've made recommendations at Woodhill, but we thought the prison's approach to the implementation of those recommendations, which of course is pretty important, lacked sufficient rigour and uh, needed to improve. We, uh, we're we talking about suspended sentences and the increase in suspended sentences, and we just had a call that didn't go to where from uh, someone uh, claiming to be a, a prison guard, and he uh, said that there is a severe uh, lack of staff in prisons. Do you think that that's a problem in Woodhill? Well, the... W- there was uh, certainly uh, a number of outcomes which uh, the prison blamed on staff shortages. For example, uh, there were limits to the amount of time out of cell that the uh, uh, that uh, prisoners w- that were receiving as a consequence of uh, what were purported to be staff shortages. So, for example, um, prisoners would only get association in the evening every other night because they were running a rotor, which, uh, as I've indicated, was predicated on this uh, uh, assumption that there were insufficient staff. Some of the mental health service uh, uh, provision was affected by what we were told to be uh, staff shortages. But, you know, in other respects, um, I think there are prisons that have got worse resource problems than Wood Hill, from my own perspective. Martin, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Martin Lomas, uh, Deputy Chief Inspector of Prisons. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tony from Harlow. Good morning, Tony. Morning, Ian. Tony, what you got for us? Funny things with celebrities. Yeah, go on. What have you said? Uh, for those who've missed it, last night was at some do. Backstage, Roger Daltrey's there. Uh, and I, I've been in a room with Roger Daltrey before and never spoken to him, and I've regretted it. And I went up to him and I said, Roger, I really like the stuff you did with the... I really liked you in The Who. He went, oh, thanks, mate. I went, no, thank you, pause, for the music. And as I said it, I thought, what a plum, but I meant it, I meant it. What have you said, what have you uh, done or said no, with celebs? It wasn't me. When my son was 10, he played in um, a football team with Glenn Oddall's nephew. Oh, OK, yeah. And Glenn used to come and watch the odd match now and again when he had the time, I suppose. And um, anyway, he was at this match and I was there and I had my camera and I said to him, Glenn, I said, when the match is over, I said, can I take a photo of you and my son together? He went, yeah, fine. So when it ended, my son... Uh, came over and took the photo uh, and then Glenn sort of tried to make a bit of conversation with him and um, he said where do you play and he pointed and went on that pitch over there <laughs> hey! it's like we had Kelly was taking a call Kelly what was the, what did the caller say yesterday when you asked them where they were where they were so we normally say so whereabouts are you and they'll say oh in Hitchin he said um, in my house I said, okay, whereabouts, whereabouts is that? And he went, well, just in my hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tony, have you ever pretended your name is something different? 
Um, not really, no. Um, I, I, when you, I used to go to um, a nightclub, yes. and you had to sign your name in, and I used to sign in as Gladys Friday. <laughs> why, why Gladys Friday? Because it was always on a Friday night. OK, that explains half of it. The Gladys part? Well, everybody put... A, they never, nobody ever put their own name down. Oh. They all, and nobody ever looked at the book. They just... Glad it's Friday. Glad it's Friday. Yeah. There we go, Tony. Thank you very much. My team was frantically waving at me behind the screen, trying to. Uh, I say screen. It's a window. Why would you call a window a screen? That's just nuts. Idiot. Sorry. Idiot. Huh? Oh, sorry. Your microphone's open. <laughs> Who's the idiot now? You still. No, it's Dennis in Dunstable. No, I mean Dennis in Dunstable is on now. I'm not saying you're an idiot, Dennis. Thank you very much, Dennis. Have you got your pressure socks on? Yes. Good, because I'm about to blow your yeah, legs. It's, it's, I yeah. have water retention, would you believe? Uh, yeah. I'm Not about... wine retention. Wine retention, oh, I'd love water retention. I'm about <laughs> to blow your mind. Go on. Last night, we went to a little do, and we yeah, won. Yeah, I heard all about it. We yeah. won an award. Yeah. We won an award. Yeah. I-, I had to get up and make a speech. <laughs> guess who I thanked in the speech? I don't know. Who was it? All of my team. Yes. Then guess who I thanked at the end of my speech? You, Dennis! Why? I'm not, I've got no idea why! I just said it a big thanks to Dennis in Dunstable! Oh, that's for keeping your programme going, that's yeah, why. Well, hang on, let's not get... All right, already he's, he's, got, he's won one award, he's got ideas above his station. But yes, <laughs> you, you, you got a little mention in front of... Uh, well, in front of Roger Daltrey from The Who. Oh, that's good, yes. Roger, right, da- yeah. Roger Daltrey and Susanna Reid are now aware of who you are. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't go back and listen to it. No, you you, you can't do that, I'm afraid, Dennis, but uh, you just have to take my word for it. Right. What do you want? You wanted to know about these these people, uh, well-known people. There was a time when I ran a temping bowling centre at Swindon, right? Yes. And the boss was Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. Douglas Fairbanks, Jr.? Yeah, the actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he came over to visit, and he he said, I've been travelling a bit, can I use your office... uh, Toilet and dress and get washed. So he's having a wash. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. is using your. Said, Hang on. A toothbrush. So I said yes. Yeah. So I said personal. He said, "Oh, don't mind. I'll have. I'll use it." So he uses my toothbrush, cleans his teeth. Are we then building he, up to a punchline here? Uh, yeah. Then he scrubs his fingernails with it. Here we go. Here we go. And it's all grey and tatty. And he gives it back to me, yes. and I just dropped it in the dustbin. He said, "What do you do that for?" I said, "I'm not going to clean my teeth after you've scrubbed your nails with it." I thought, what, what, what a thing to do. I don't, My I don't, personal toothbrush. I don't get it. You don't get... I didn't get it either. Is that a joke or did it actually happen? No, it actually happened. No, it happened. Douglas, you were working in a bowling alley. I was running it at that Swindon. Was, that was... Oh, was this before or after you were in prison making rocking horses? Oh, this was long before. Long you were, before, yes. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. I yes. don't know which part of this story is more fantastical. Well, Douglas, no, it, was, it was the boss. The company was y- called Fairlanes. Doug... Douglas Fairbanks Jr. owned a a bowling alley in Swindon. Swindon, yeah. That you were the manager of. Yes. He came over, he borrowed your toothbrush. Yeah. He brushed his teeth and he cleaned his fingernails with it. Yeah, and then gave it me back. As though I was going to use it. (laughs) Am I still... Did did we wake up this morning and did my alarm fail to go off? (laughs) You should have kept it. You could have... If only you kept it and thought, you know what, maybe 40 years in the future there'll be some kind of... System where I can sell unwanted no, junk. I'll tell you what I really wanted on a computer and make money. It was a f- it was one of the few men who could walk around with a flower in his buttonhole without looking like a fairy. I wonder where you're going to suggest that that bus- that, that flower was going. <laughs> I wonder where, where that was going to go. I don't. I, 
that story just strikes me on every level. As you said, Kath, is complete and utter um, the, the, the bullshine. <laughs> it sounds like a dream, like you said, like a dream. Douglas Fairbanks was there, there was a bowling alley, there was a toothbrush. Why, why did you have a toothbrush at your bowling alley? <laughs> Dennis? Yes? Have you ever pretended your name is something different? You no, strike why me as the, should I? Well, you strike me as the kind of guy that likes to lead a double life. No, I don't lead a double life. It's bad enough leading a single life. <laughs> Isn't it just? Tell me about it. Catherine? For about six months of their courtship at the start, my grandma thought my, dad's, my granddad's name was Vinnie Royal. <laughs> His name was Herbert Boyle. <laughs> Is that just because she was hard of hearing or because that's what he told her? He styled himself that way, Vin, oh. Vinnie Royal. Yeah, love, my name's Vinnie Royal and I am here, my love. It wasn't Jimmy Savile. <laughs> He's doing the Manchester accent. Wow. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Buckingham, the A421 heading west, slow going around the London Road just as you reach the roundabout. Also on the sensors in Mark Yate, the A5 looking heavy in both directions around Luton Road. On the M1 London bound, things are heavy going between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. Then the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Yeah, my name's Vinnie Royal. How you doing, love? That's my Manchester accent. It's 7.46. It's Tuesday, the 13th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council says footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. 08459 455 555. Ever said something just ridiculously stupid to a celebrity? Or, and I know all we need is one call on this, to open the floodgates. This is this is this is gold. When have you pretended your name is something different? Let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts, and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Another day of sunshine and showers today, but lighter winds at least. We should have some decent sunny spells. It's going to feel quite warm in any sunshine today, but those showers become quite heavy as we head towards lunchtime. Uh, Perhaps even thundery with some hail and certainly slow moving, but they do start to fade away later on in the day. So we'll have temperatures reaching about 15 or 16 degrees Celsius today. Tonight, a bit of a chilly night. It should be largely clear and dry with temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees Celsius. So a cool start to tomorrow. Largely dry tomorrow. We have high pressure taking control. So that sets the scene for a a few good fine days, really. Uh, Varying amounts of cloud, lots of sunshine tomorrow with temperatures reaching 16 or 17 degrees Celsius. On Thursday, we've got more hazy sunshine, really, but still still quite pleasant. Fine and dry on Friday. There's just the odd chance we could have an isolated heavy shower on Saturday, but it should still be a decent day and fine on Sunday. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from 12. 
Nick Coffer brings you... Why did Wet 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 break up? You know, it, it surprised me that it, that it lasted so long, but I think there's always going to be something that trips you up. Great guests. And Milton Keynes Charity is celebrating its fifth anniversary after changing many young people's lives. Great music. This is the Drifters kissing in the back row of the movies. Hello to Adam, who has messaged me, so I'm playing some great tunes today. Great conversations. I'm in the library in Houghton Regis as part of our big tour. A lot of Houghton Regis was mainly 18th, 19th century. There was a big fire in the 1600s which burnt the village out. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just seen I've just seen this text from Phil. Do you want to read it, Kath? It's a good it's a good one. It's, I think. Go on. Celebrities. I've enjoyed a long and illustrious career working in supermarkets and often speak to celebrities. I don't make a fuss, I just show them where the baked beans are and move on, says Phil. <laughs> Taking it very much in his stride. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much, but I don't <laughs> Listen, celebrities, they've got to eat baked beans, they've got to brush uh, their teeth and their fingernails with old men's toothbrushes. They just do the normal things that we all do. Uh, Paul Paul Scoynes is awake, guys. Paul Scoynes is emailing me abuse. Paul Scoynes... Can I just say this, dear listener? Paul Scoynes is the uh, political... Come in, Scoynes, come and join the the party. Get this, Kelly Betts, right? Catherine and I came back home with the lady boss last night in my car because we had to be up early, we're responsible. Uh, you all um, got the minibus and you were all drunk. Paul Scoynes phoned me at half past one in the morning for three minutes on my phone. All I heard was, uh, uh, it's the sound of the police. Uh, uh, it's the sound of the police. Uh, uh, it's the sound of the police. For three minutes. He's the political correspondent at BBC Three Counties Radio. And he said, come on in, you've got to come out with us. I said, Paul, it's half past one. I've got to be up at 5.15 and that's a lion for me. I'm not going to come. He said, I'm going to find out what room you're in. And when, <laughs> when Catherine and I went to our rooms, separate rooms, when we went to our rooms last night, we said to the lad on reception, we've got some friends who are going to be coming soon. Do not tell them what rooms we're in. We made that, gave them that specific request. And Scoyne said, I'm going to knock on every door in that hotel. And if they get upset, I'm going to go, uh, uh, I owned a hotel. Uh, uh, I owned a hotel. <laughs> I've changed what he said ever so slightly. Catherine will explain to you. I'm sure you can work it out. This is the BBC Three Counties Radio political correspondent said that. Oh, dear. Can you believe that? Yes. Did, did you go to Stringies? That was the plan, wasn't it? <laughs> Daily wanted to go to Stringies. Stringfellows of all places. Of all places in the world. But honestly, you've not lived until you've had three minutes of scoins going, uh, uh, it's the sound of the police. I think Stringies <laughs> is um, Justin's natural habitat. <laughs> <laughs> it would just explode. <laughs> we were sat at a table and we were sat next to some people from uh, another BBC local radio. Everyone was weren't they? Yes, it was. And he was Justin sat next to a very nice young lady. We kind the poor girl. The poor, I mean, I'm so, I'm so, I, we, I didn't get her name. I, I'm so sorry. We had to, when Delia went to the toilet, we had to organise kind of a little shuffle around the table so she wasn't sat next to him. He had his shirt unbuttoned to his navel. And we said to her, look, we, look don't worry, we've moved. It won't be anything appropriate, but you don't, you don't want to sit next to that. And then she leant, when we all sat down and Delia came back, she leant over and said, yeah, now he's sat opposite me. I can see everything. Thanks very much. <laughs> He did start out with a tie on, but that ended up around his head, didn't it? <laughs> it ended up around something. 
08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that. You're more than welcome to. But honestly, a, a drunk Paul Scoynes at half past one in the morning. Uh, uh, it's the sound of the police. It was, it was something quite uh, remarkable. Have you ever said something ridiculous to a celebrity? Uh, uh, I was embarrassed. I didn't, I didn't embarrass myself in front of Roger Daltrey. I don't feel particularly embarrassed. I'm glad I said something and I could have perhaps w- phrased it slightly better. But sometimes just in the heat of the moment, y- you're not quite sure what to say to famous people. You, you feel you ought to say something and it doesn't quite come out right. What have you said that's embarrassed yourself in front of a celebrity? And also, I, and I know, I know, all we need is one good call on this and it will open the floodgates. Very simple question. When have you lied about your name? When have you lied about your name? A story about the great Frank Sybottom, fellow with the paper mash ahead, Chris Seavey, he's dead now. And I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but I'm going to... I like to pretend this is... I think it... it, it, it having, You're going to spread it anyway. Having met him, this is the kind of thing I could totally imagine. Chris Seavey uh, didn't make a lot of money, and for quite a few years of his life he was skinny, he was broke. Mm. And uh, the um, the gas board turned up at his house one day and said, Mr Seavey, you've not, um, you've not paid the gas bill. That's, that's what they were turning up to say, but he knew they were coming and he could see that they were there. He put the hat on. He put the Frank Sidebottom head on. Knock, knock on the door. Big paper masher head up. Yes, good morning, boss. Yeah, is Mr. Seavey here? Oh, no, boss. I don't know a Chris Seavey. I'm Frank Sidebottom. It's about uh, an unpaid gas bill. Oh, no, don't tell me, mum. <laughs> and the fella said, Mr. Seavey, we, we do need to sort this out. We'll come back at a later date when it's more convenient for you. <laughs> Now, as part of our big tour of the three counties, this week we're focusing on Hatfield, which, as we've heard, is just the right size. If you live in an area heavy, heavily populated by students like Hatfield, then you can probably sympathise with our next guest. Julie Simpson lives close to the University of Hertfordshire's campus in the town. She says the problems involving the undergraduates include noisy neighbours, drunken behaviour and issues with parking and litter. Well, Julie joins me now. Julie, what's it like living near to these students? Um, not very good, actually. Um, Hatfield itself is a lovely place. But it is being ruined by um, unscrupulous landlords, private landlords, who expand their houses. Um, I mean, the house next door to me has been changed from a three-bedroom family home into an eight-bedroom student house. Ah, I see, yes. And how does that how does that impact on your life, Julie? Well, it's affected my son. Uh, he's just... he's. 17, nearly 17, he's just gone through his GCSEs um, and he was trying to study with sort of parties going on till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, mm. um, which isn't very good. <laughs> have you spoken to the people next door? Have you, not, have you just put a note through the door or knocked on the door and said, look, you know... We've tried everything. When they first moved in, I mean, this year they haven't been too bad. They've been really quiet. But we've had sort of five or six years of noise um, we've tried everything. When they first move in, we go and approach them and say, you know, can you keep the noise down? We've got a family. Yeah. Um, and they they take no notice at all. What have the local authority and the town council said? Have they been able to help? Um, the town council's been really good. Well, in and Hatfield Council, it's, we've got two councils, um, a borough council and a town council. The town council have tried to help us, but um, the Wellin and Hatfield Borough Council haven't been very helpful at all. Mm. We had the environmental health out noise people um, and they put in listening equipment and um, 
it didn't work for two or three days and then they said there was insufficient evidence for them to act because and it, basically it was down to their equipment not working. Oh, well, that's, that's no use. <laughs> Julie, stay there. Ross Renton is the Dean of Students at the University of Hertfordshire. Joins me now. Uh, Ross, what do you think about uh, Julie's complaints? We've spoken to other people who have, have these complaints. Do you think that they're, they're fair, or do they just need to kind of, you know, live and let live and let, let young students have a laugh? Um, first of all, congratulations on your award, Ian. Um, oh, I, I, I'm absolutely pleased as a regular listener. You're very but, kind, thank you. Um, in terms of, of the things Julie's saying, I have absolute sympathy with her. I'm a former resident of Hatfield uh, myself. Um, what I would say is I'm really pleased to hear that this year has been better and there's an awful lot of work that goes on, both from the university but also in partnership with both the borough council, the town council and also the police to make sure not just students but everyone is being uh, good neighbours. Um, one of the things that we're really keen to do and work with the community is to deal with these landlords um, and we help set up what's called a, a landlord accreditation scheme which is really saying the good landlords, we highlight them and say they're doing the right things and the ones who are, uh, as uh, Julie said, unscrupulous, we we highlight them and we make sure either they're prosecuted or they're dealt with... Uh, but Ross, the if they're not council. doing any... Uh, sorry, because we are running out of time and I, I, I think this is fascinating. If they're not doing anything illegal, the, the, the landlords, and students are getting cheap accommodation, then they'll go with those guys. Surely it's down to the individual to, to be respectful of, of their neighbours and the environment. Absolutely. And one of the things we do is we visit every single student out in the community to try and get across that ethos of being good neighbours. And our students are doing some fantastic things in the community, whether it's helping the primary school, doing rubbish clear-ups, uh, they've painted a mural in one of the underpasses. They're doing really positive things. And there's a few which we need to deal with, and I can assure you we do deal with students who are being antisocial for whatever reason. Julie, it sounds like, you know, Ross and uh, his team have got their eye and their ear onto what's going on. You, I've you... heard it all before. We went to a meeting of the town council a little while ago, um, and we heard all this, and we were supposed to have been contacted. Myself and a friend went to the meeting, and they said, we'll contact you, we'll sort it out. We haven't, that was two weeks ago, we've not heard anything since. It is frustrating, isn't it, Ross, for, for people who, who, you know, they've got their homes, they've got their families, and then, hey, listen, I was a student once, and I, I know what we got up to. Uh, you, can become a, you can be a little bit selfish at that age, can't you? And I think a lot of the time it's about us working in partnership. Now, Julie said, for example, there, that we hadn't contacted her. We, we are getting in contact. We're inviting her to what's called a community forum, and that's about working in partnership. Uh, young people away from home first time uh, will get excitable at particular times, but it's then about what we do afterwards to make sure that they learn from that and become the good neighbours we all want them to be. And if you think of the contribution they'll do, 38% of them stay in a local area, work in a local area, and contribute to the economy. So we kind of want to make sure that the students understand what it's about to be a part of Hatfield and I'm proud of Hatfield and I hope our students are as well. Ross, I appreciate your time. I'm sorry we didn't have longer. That's Ross Renton, Dean of Students at the University of Hertfordshire uh, and Julie Simpson who lives close to the campus. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A1M southbound, Junction 7 for Stevenage. Lane 1 is blocked on the entry slip road after an accident. Slow on the approach and may add to the normal delays on the main carriageway itself. The M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Expertly done and well squeezed in. 
Last hour of the show. When have you said something embarrassing to a celebrity? And have you ever lied about your name? 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, video cameras for lollipop men and women in Bedford, critical inspection for Milton Keynes Prison and bats bite back to thwart Ozzy Osbourne. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police, but Jack Hart from the Freedom Association told this programme it's another example of a surveillance state. This is just yet another example where CCTV is viewed as a sort of perceived quick fix. I think if you just stick up some cameras, the problem will go away. We have PCSOs that would be ideal for sort of witnessing this sort of thing and ensuring it doesn't happen. Plus, if someone saw a PCSO, they'd be far less likely to commit such a sort of offence. Inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. The high-security Category A jail has been described as disappointing after an unannounced inspection in January. Inspectors say the new management team are getting to grips with Woodhill, but Martin Lomas, the Deputy Chief Inspector of Prisons, says they are concerned. More prisoners felt unsafe this time when we surveyed them than than they did when we last surveyed them. Many felt victimised. About 40% of them felt victimised by staff. I mean, there were some improving outcomes with regard to safety generally, but yeah, assaults were twice what we'd expect. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. Three people received gunshot wounds and two others were injured during the incident in Lucas Wood near Underwood Road. The number of people who have avoided prison and been given a suspended sentence in Hertfordshire has gone up by over 8,000% in the 10 years since 2002, the largest increase in the country. In Bedfordshire, it's increased by over 3,000% over the same period. Peter Cuthbertson is from the Centre for Crime Prevention, who obtained the figures from Freedom of Information requests. If someone's in prison, uh, they can't reoffend for the duration of a sentence. If the sentence is a, a long sentence, if it's more than two years, they're less likely to reoffend as well. That's something that just can't be offered by any of the alternatives like fines or suspended sentences or community sentences. The rock singer Ozzy Osbourne has been told he can't convert part of his Buckinghamshire estate until the bats that live there are protected. More from Gail Sanderson. The Black Sabbath singer, who once claimed he bit the head off a live bat, had applied to turn a barn on his estate near Charfont St Giles into a two-bedroom home. But Chilton District Council refused permission after considerable evidence of bats and owls were found at Stone Dean Farm. It says the listed building can't be converted until measures are carried out to allow the bats and owls to stay living on the site. And this programme has won gold at the Radio Academy Awards in London. Ian and the team won Breakfast Show of the Year, one of four golds for BBC Local Radio. In sport, the clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. The weather, a mix of scattered heavy showers and warm sunny intervals, a maximum temperature 16 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Wop wop, it's the sound of the police. BBC 
see Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. My bowls club's a good, nice club. It's all about where you live. We came here with my parents, came when the big industry started. And all this week, we're featuring Hatfield. When you're out of Hatfield, you do miss it, because it's our little town. I lived about 40 years. I came to Hatfield via the uh, Hatfield Polytechnic. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's all happening in Hatfield in terms of characters. Man alive! We're going to get some good stories this week from now. I'm pretty sure of it. And suddenly it's four minutes past eight. We are literally 57 minutes away from a cooked breakfast. Oh, yes. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy show. What have we got? Well... We've told this story before, and I'm, I'm really upset we're doing it again, not because of the repetition, but because it's still happening. The abuse of lollipop men and women, our brave lollipop men and women who are on the front line of safe child crossing. They're being abused, and some of them are wearing video cameras to film the abusers. The number of suspended sentences in beds, hearts and bucks, well, it's increased by about 8,000% in Hertfordshire over the last 10 years. Ever said something embarrassing to a celebrity? Ever lied about your name? And we'll speak to Justin Dealey later on. There's a story in the papers. Richard and Judy, well, it says a suicide pact. It's not really a suicide pact. It's, It's assisted suicide. If one of them is dying and is close to death and wants to die, the other one will help them. Wants to die is a key factor there. Well, two things. Could you do that? Would you do that with your partner? And does it make you think any differently of Richard and Judy? 08459 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine in Hemel Hempstead. Oh, my gosh. Catherine, I have the flu and a chest and a painful throat infection. I've lost my voice. That's all it says. I can't help you. I like it when I lose my voice. I mean, I don't like it because I don't get paid. Can't do this job, obviously, and I don't get paid. But I quite like... The, um, the, the fact, well, OK, I can't speak. And how is it? How is it? You're always told when you lose your voice, don't whisper. Because that's more effort on your vocal cords. How is that more effort on your vocal cords? I'm doing hardly anything here. Well, where's the effort? Um, uh, Jay says, hi, morning crew. As you all know, I'm a bus driver, and all my customers know me as Jay. I do the same route every day, and there's this one person that gets on and calls me Dave. I've got used to it now, so I just answer to it, even though I told them I'm Jay. Interesting. Philip's in Bletchley. Morning, Philip. Good morning. Philip, Congratulations ever... on your award. Philip, you're very, very kind. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was a fun night. I like it. <laughs> you like me? I oh. like it when the oh. uh, wife loses her voice. That's yeah. stuff, you <laughs> oh, know. Philip, come on, Philip. <laughs> well, I pulled over and I've kicked my stilettos off, so yes. I thought I'd give you a quick ring. You've lied about your you name, know. have you? Sorry? You've lied about your name. I have, Go yeah. On, when? Yeah, I made out I was Mike Gatting. <laughs> what, I look the, nothing like him. <laughs> the, the cricketer? Well, we were out in the Caribbean about five years ago, and we got into a club late at night, about yeah. one o'clock in the morning. 
I've got a lovely tan, been there about 10 days out of the 14, and yeah, I was really brown, I had a cricket top on. Yeah. All the cricketers came in, Mike Gatton, you name it, they was all there, Gladstone Small, and we were dancing away, and a bloke came up with his wife and said, do you mind if I have a photo of you? I said, no, no, you can take a photo of me if you like. I said, do you follow the cricket? He said, not really. He said, who are you? I said, Mike Gatton. Oh, no. So I got in the corner, and I'd had a few, you know, yeah. and then everyone started coming around and just taking photos of me and all the rest of the team, and... <laughs> How did, that make you, how did that make you feel as a human Absolutely being? Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I got caught out in the end, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Someone recognised me. Yeah. Said, That's not my game. That's Philip in Bletchley. <laughs> Cheers. Philip, thank you very much indeed. Cheers. Ah, oh, dearie me. Ever lied about your name? I once signed an autograph as Damon Albarn. I was coming out of BBC Radio, uh, the, the broadcasting house or whatever it was back in the day, and there are a group, there is always a group of, um, mm, how can I describe them? Freaks is rude, weirdos is unkind, special we can't say anymore, of people who, um, th- th- they have very little in their life. So what they do is they hang outside the BBC with their autograph books. Uh, they're very, very nice, they're lovely, lovely people, very, very kind. And I came out, and occasionally I get recognised... But people don't know who I am. They mm-hmm. just recognise me from... from Jamie some... Theakston. Jamie Theakston is one I get a lot. Marlon Dingle. Marlon Dingle. My, my kids fate the other day. Some mums went, go on, you've got to tell us. Which show is it? I went through the whole CV. Oh, no. They didn't get... Anyway, so I came out, and these people recognised me, but didn't know who I was. And one of them went, oh, look, it's that bloke out of Blur. And I went... Sure, why not? Can we get your autograph, please? I went, yeah, okay. And I signed it as Damon. I look more like Damon Albarn than you do. (laughs) No, I look nothing like Damon Albarn. I don't know why they thought. Anyway, mobile cameras are being worn by school lollipop men and women in Bedford to deter those who swear at staff and speed past patrols. Video footage of people ignoring patrols or being abusive could be passed to the police following an increase in these problems in the borough. Liberal Democrat councillor Charles Royden is Bedford Borough Council's portfolio holder for the environment and transport and joins me now. Morning, Charles. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be on your award-winning show. No, Charles, we, we, we decided today we would only have the best guests. That well, we you, could, got, you got it. We got, well, well, they were all busy, so we've got you. I'm joking. <laughs> it's a joke. How rude. The, the, I, I, we've done this story before about um, the, the, the lollipop men and women being abused. I don't get it. How big a problem is it? Well, it'll happen every month to one of our patrols. They'll either have uh, somebody verbally or physically abusing them or somebody driving through their, their crossing whilst they're on duty, you know, in all weathers, keeping children from harm. And it's hard to imagine. As a reasonable person, you will find it staggering, and so do I. But that's what happens. And as a, a local authority, we've got to do something about that. And we are the first in the country to introduce these body-worn cameras to protect our staff. And so, so how many people are wearing these cameras, do you know? Well, all of our staff will wear them. What, what, your, all of your crossing stuff? All of our crossing stuff, absolutely. Right. And, right. and they'll, they'll, they'll go out in the morning, they'll have the body cameras on, it'll be recording what's going on, and if there are any incidents, then the, the footage will be viewed. If there are no incidents, the footage won't be viewed, mm. it'll be just overridden, but it's there to protect them, and, you know, you said maybe pass to the police, it, uh, or it could be passed to the police, it will be passed to the police. We will do everything within our power to ensure that if anybody abuses our staff, then we will protect them, because we're not just protecting the crossing patrol staffs, of course, we're also protecting the children whose lives they are protecting themselves. Well, we've been told, and you can let me know if this is accurate, a thousand pounds a camera. I guess that's about right, yeah. How, how many cameras have you bought? Uh, Well, we've been using these cameras for our parking enforcement officers for over a year, so we've got quite a lot of them now. But how many have you bought for for, for, um, lollipop men and women? 20. 20, so £20,000. It's a lot of money for a problem that doesn't happen that often. 
Well, it does happen. That's the whole problem. Mm. It, it does happen. And every month we're dealing with these, these incidents. So it's something that's, that's prevalent. You know, it's, it's happening far too often. I find it staggering to believe that people will verbally abuse or physically abuse or drive through a crossing. But, but they do. And, you know, I, I, I feel a sense of responsibility as portfolio holder to make sure that we look after our staff and the children that they are protecting. Remember, these people are giving their time in all kinds of weathers. They're not taking home huge packets with, with big bonuses. These are the kinds of people that we need to really look after in our society, people who look after other people and don't demand a great wad of cash for doing so. You know, bankers will take bonuses uh, to make £20,000 look like a pittance. So uh, this is a small amount of money for us to invest in a, in a crossing patrol system that, that's actually run very, very cheaply because these people work for, you know, very little reward. How long have these cameras been in operation for the, the lollipop men and women? We've only brought them in in the last month. Okay. Have, you, have they been used yet? Have you caught anybody? Or have, you, have you had anything, you've, any incidents you've had to look at? No, we have. Well, not that I'm aware of yet. Right. Uh, but I do know that last week we did have uh, one incident which is currently under investigation. Okay. It's sad, isn't it, that it, it, it's come to this. Lollipop, it's on the end of their stick, is it? No, or it's, actually a, body it? worn, it's right. actually a body-worn device. It's, um, it's something, these are the first ones that have been used in the country. They did introduce some cameras that were put into the lollipops, as it were. Yeah. Uh, but they're, they're, they're more expensive. Uh, and right. these, these, these body-worn cameras are very good because they're actually on the office themselves. So what they're looking at, the camera sees. But as I say, we've been using them with our parking enforcement officers now for every year, and they've been incredibly successful. And they have resulted in prosecutions. Uh, because people, you know, they, 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 they do abuse servants of you know our our society you know people like parking officers like lollipop people and i noticed that the police now are actually bringing in these body worn cameras as well um because you know, one someone came on and made a very silly comment about you know cameras everywhere yeah. and we should have pcsos uh, it's a fact that actually the police are bringing these in as well because people can be abusive and when they see that they're on film they modify their behavior so even the police are having to do it and and we will pass the information on as we have done and prosecutions will result it's sad isn't it that we've come to this with you know, I always think of lollipop ladies and men as, as a really old-fashioned, kind of charming concept. And the fact they've got to wear cameras because, you know, people are being idiots towards them, it breaks my heart. Yeah, I mean, I think cameras are, are, are great things because they can record what actually does happen. So if there's an accident, you know, it, it, it actually records yeah. the footage. So, so it's good from that point of view. But what I do find to be totally unacceptable is that we have to produce them, introduce them because people will abuse somebody I, who's... I cannot get my head around that at no, all. No, it's very hard. It's very hard to... It's very hard to understand, but people will actually abuse somebody who's going out, often an elderly person, going out in all kinds of weather, all year round, putting, putting their, you know, their, their lives at, at risk, standing in the middle of the road, a big thing, and people will abuse them. I find it incredulous, but they do, and as a borough council, we've got to do something to protect them, and as a responsible society, we should all get behind it. Well, Charles, fingers crossed that, um, you know, it, it pays off and, and these idiots stop being abusive. Yeah, absolutely, and God willing, we'll be able to keep people safe. Giles, thank you very much. Indeed, Charles Royden there, uh, Liberal Democrat councillor for Bedford Borough Council's portfolio holder for the environment and transport. Excellent stuff, Charles, and thank you for your kind words. It's 8.15, it's BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage, Lane 1 is blocked on the entry slip road after an accident. Slow going on the approach and may add to the normal delays on the main carriageway. In Aylesbury, Ellen Road is partially blocked around the Stratford Drive following an accident. And on the speed sensors in Kings Langley, the A41 southbound is queuing as you head towards the M25. 
The M25 itself, anti-clockwise, very slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport still doing well, though, with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.16. Wow, we nearly made it. Looks like we made it once again. It's 8.16. It's Tuesday the 13th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police. A 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19-year-old remain in police custody. And inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes. Almost double what they see in other local prisons. BBC Three Counties Radio. We were there through the good. Ray with a header, and there's the 30 goals. Can he make it two? He can! Troy Deeney makes it two! Would you believe it? We were there through the bad. Stevenage have been relegated from League One after losing 3-1 at home to Bristol City. And as quick as you like, Bristol City have gone from defence to attack and the ball's in the back of the net. And of course, we were there when this happened. Wickham Wanderers have won 3-0. Bristol Rovers have been beaten. And those Wickham fans are going mad. And we'll be back in August for another season of unrivaled coverage of your local team. Three Counties Sport. From BBC Three Counties Radio. We're asking a couple of things this morning. Uh, ever lied about... Have you ever lied about your name? My name? Yeah, ever lied about... And ever pretended that you've got a different name? No, I like my name. No, I, I'm not... I'm not <laughs> What's wrong with my name? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with your name. Just some people lie about their name. Right. I, I pretended I was Damon Albarn once. Oh, I'm Mr Smith when I phoned for my curry. Really? Yeah, in my local curry house, they just don't get double-barrelled oh, names. Okay, they don't yeah, get it. Yeah. There's no point. Yeah, so so it's Mr compromise. Smith. And I had an embarrassing conversation with Roger Daltrey from The Who. Stone cold sober. Mm. Roger Daltrey. I went up to him and said, I really liked you in The Who. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. No, thank you for all the music. Yeah, it's quite embarrassing. It's quite. It came from the heart, but it was. I, I, I no, that's lovely. Love. I when I met Jamie Cullum yes. at the Sony's last year, um, mind you, I had had a couple of Pinot Grigios, and I did say to him, Jamie, I think you're very good on the piano. <laughs> he gave me a look that uh, well said it all. Yes. <laughs> oh, bless him. He's only wee. You could put him in your pocket, and no one would notice. He's very sweet. Chap. He's a, he's a, I've met Jamie years and years ago. He's a very, very nice gentleman. Yes. Really lovely. What's anyway, congratulations uh, on your uh, yes. gold for the best. Gold what is it? Best breakfast show in the world? Be- best breakfast show ever. Yeah. That's what I'll tell my mum. It's well, this called. This is marvellous news. It's very, Congratulations. Very Thank you very much. You're very, very kind. It was, uh, it was a thoroughly enjoyable. I was hugged by a Spice Girl. Which one? Mel C. Mel C. Oh. Sporty. Right. Oh, no one... She was the same. You were the same. Why is no one impressed? A what? Spice Girl came up to me. She went, oh, all right, you. I haven't seen you in years. Hi, Ian. So great to see you. Is that what she said? Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she, she whispers, doesn't she? She gave it? me a hug and she asked how I was doing. A Spice Girl. Yes. Su- Susanna Reid gave me a hug and said, it's nice to see you. They were all over him. They were like flies. All right, Catherine. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> I think I think she's still a little worse for wear after last night. She had a. It was very funny seeing all of the team completely sozzled. 
Were you like a uh, like a chocolate bar in a fat camp? <laughs> Just working out what that means. Coming up on this morning's big phone in from nine. I'm asking, do you think that tougher prison sentences will stop dog attacks? Are you all, what's going on? How did you? <laughs> You're very good. Go on. Tougher penalties have come into force today for dog owners who allow their pets to attack people. Uh, the maximum prison sentence for allowing a dog to carry out a fatal attack on a person has increased from two to 14 years. Allowing a dog to cause injury can now be punished by five years in prison. That's up from two years previously. Well, the changes have come in after the killing of a six-day-old baby and an 11-month-old infant by dogs earlier this year. From nine this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think that Tougher prison sentences will stop dog attacks. Do you know what occurs to me mm. when I've spoken about dogs before, dangerous dogs on my programme? Yes. Sadly, a lot of people who own dogs are really stupid people. They're really ignorant, mm. but they have that thing that's really dangerous. They, they have a lack of awareness of their own ignorance. Mm -hmm. They have an, a lack of awareness of how little they actually know about their dogs. So they go off in the park and they think, oh, I know my dog. My dog would never attack anyone. I trust my dog. That's it. Oh, my dog would never do this. Oh, it's OK to leave my dog in, in the house with a newborn baby. Oh, it's OK to let my toddler sleep in the dog's bed. My dog wouldn't do anything. My, exactly. All those other dogs. My dog. I my know dog my dog. would never yes, do that. And that. when you hear that, you think... Thicko. That, that person should never have a dog. And frankly, whether or not those people, they'll be listening to this news today and they'll think, oh, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, stop these dog attacks. Because they don't think that yeah. it could ever happen to them. And I'm not sure that this tougher prison sentence will actually deter the prison, uh, the, the dog attacks from occurring in the first place. I think we'll still have just as many. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Do you think that tougher prison sentences will stop dog attacks? I want your calls with your views, your stories, your experiences on 08459 455 555 this morning from nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian, this is Tony. I had a cycle accident many years ago. I gave out a false name of Peter Se Peter Sellers? Not the right thing to do, but I was scared. So after giving out false information, I got on my mangled bike and rode off into the sunset. <laughs> this is brilliant. I rode off into the sunset, forgetting I had my name Tony sprayed on the back of my leather jacket. Tony! <laughs> Tony, you utter plum! What were you thinking, for goodness sakes? Now, the number of people who have avoided prison and been given a suspended sentence in Hertfordshire has gone up by a staggering 8,000% in the 10 years since 2002. Suspended sentences are given out by judges to people convicted of a crime, generally with conditions attached, which, if broken, would result in them going to jail. The Centre for Crime Prevention, who obtained the figures... Um, want to stop suspended sentences from being used. Well, I'm joined now by Norman Brennan from the Victim of Crime Trust. Morning to you, Norman. Yes, good morning to you. What do you, what do you think? Suspended sentences, are they, are they being used too often? <laughs> well, if you've listened to my interviews on your uh, radio programme and those across Britain for the past 20 years, you'd know what my views are. Um, but, but I would just put this into perspective. Is, is this, that in 2012... 
112,000 convicted offenders with at least six offenders were given a suspended sentence. 55,000 offenders with more than 15 convictions were given a suspended sentence. And 29,000 with over 25 convictions were given a, a suspended sentence. That equates to almost quadrupling the prison, uh, the prison population in Britain. So that probably answers your question. Why, why are suspended sentences being used so often? Well, the reason why suspended sentences should be given is as a last chance saloon, that you commit another crime and you will go to prison, prison or that um, your criminal behaviour has perhaps not been as serious um, in the past and that this crime is somewhat more serious and that if you commit a further offence that you'll go to prison. Well, the thing is, is that what we seem to do in Britain, and I which are on year in and year out, which is why I rarely do interviews anymore, is that Britain seems to care more about the criminals and their rehabilitation than reassuring victims and protecting society. And that really is it. It's, it's all about cost. And what I always used to say, certainly when I was a serving police officer, which didn't do me any good, is that why is it that in Britain we seem to care more about saving money and protecting and reassuring the British public that elect politicians to represent them at the highest uh, arena in Britain. Yet it's always the victims of crime and the law-abiding public that pick up the pieces. And the caveat to that was this, is that me and my colleagues used to arrest these types of people day in and day out, and the public used to complain by saying, where are our police officers? Well, we were arresting the same people day in and day out sitting in courts, listening to magistrates and judges pontificating, saying, well, Johnny, or well, Winston, we're considering all options. And me and my colleagues used to look at each other saying, conditional discharge, small fine, slap along the wrist, we'd be nicking them again the next day. It must be frustrating for you, and it must be, um, I can't think of the right word, upsetting for the victims of crime? Well, it is. Um, I was the first police officer ever to break from the ranks um, 20 years ago and do interviews in the national media. Fortunately, over 40,000 serving police officers signed my petition, which is probably why I wasn't sacked overnight. But I've done no media courses. All I've ever done is police the streets of Britain, particularly in London, but I know police officers from around Britain. And despite some members of the public thinking we've got nothing better to do than uh, nick speedy motorists and stop black people, most police officers join the police service to do a service, to join each other as a big team to make sure the streets are safe and to reassure the public. And we are as frustrated as the public are when we know that we nick somebody, put all the paperwork together, and often these criminals have committed huge amounts of more crimes than we can prove. And we put them in front of a court, believing for once that the magistrate or judge will back us and reassure the public by giving them a term of imprisonment. And I've just given you the stats of how many people avoid prison time and time again. Norman, we had a prison uh, warden phone up. Uh, He didn't come on air, but he said uh, one of the reasons they're trying to keep people out of prisons is there is a a lack of staff. They haven't got enough staff in prisons. What what do we need to do to turn this around and change it? it? Is it money? Do we pump a load of money into it? 
Well, we do need to make sure that prisons uh, are not there where people just sit in their cell for 23 hours. And, you know, I'm not a hanger and a flogger. I actually believe that uh, many prisoners have got serious drink or um, drug problems. I think we should have separate prisons where these sort of problems can be addressed, where you can be weaned off of drugs, where you can be weaned off of uh, alcohol. And But having said that, I know a number of criminals that have been sent to prison have actually gone all the way and gone into a prison, have never taken a drug before, come out with a serious drug problem. What does that tell you? Norman, I really appreciate your thoughts on this this morning. Norman Brennan uh, from the Victim of Crime Trust. How about you? What do you think? Are suspended sentences used too often? 08459 555. Let's get the travel with Alice. Across oh, Ben's heart. Calm down, calm down, don't panic. What are you doing? Pressing the wrong button. You could have styled that out. I could, I, you I, could have just left it I'm and st- then gone I'm, to Alice I, after. I'm styling it out, out now. Uh, but um, in turning it into some classic bands. Okay, go on. Oh, <laughs> good one. Good one. Travel news for beds, hearts, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Dunstable, the A5 is blocked on the crossroads with Thorn Road after an accident. On the speed sensors, doesn't seem to be causing any major delays at the moment. Uh, we have, however, got some delays further around on the Luton Road. Both directions very congested there on the A5. In Aylesbury, the Ellen Road is partially blocked around Stratford Drive following an accident. And also on the A1M southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage, a lane is blocked on the entry slip road after an accident and it's looking slow on the approach there. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police. A Harfordshire man who bit off part of a policeman's ear has been jailed for eight years. 43-year-old Rex Gardner from Broxbourne was drunk when he attacked the officer who'd been called out to deal with a domestic incident. And a 16-year-old boy arrested on suspicion of attempted murder after a shooting in High Wycombe on Sunday night has been released on bail. An 18-year-old and a 19 year old remain in police custody three counties sports bbc three counties radio the clear-out of players has started at Stevenage after their relegation to League Two. The club confirmed last night that six players have left. Philippe Moray, Luke Jones, Peter Hartley, Simon Heslop and Sam Wedgbury follow Marcus Haber out of the Lamex Stadium after the striker was released last month. Borough have also triggered options on the contracts of player of the season Luke Freeman plus Dean Parrott and Rory Deacon. Freeman, though, is expected to leave. Speaking after relegation was confirmed, Chairman Phil Wallace said it had financial implications. We run this club very sensibly. All of our players' contracts have got relegation clauses. Um, the whole operating cost of the club reduces upon relegation. So although we take a hit on income, we uh, we take a hit on um, on costs as well. So 
Yes, balancing. I mean, I don't have any uh, fears. We're, we're financially stable. We always have been. Wickham Wanderers Trust says a community share scheme is currently the best option to take the club forward, with £400,000 already pledged. It follows the sale of the club falling through, with one unnamed buyer pulling out and another bidder having their offer rejected. Queen's Park Rangers will play Derby in the Championship playoff final. Harry Redknapp's QPR beat Wigan 2-1 after extra time in last night's semi-final second leg. Rio Ferdinand is leaving Manchester United after 12 years and more than 400 appearances for the club, he hasn't been offered a new contract. And double Olympic and world champion Mo Farah has confirmed he will compete at this year's Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, it's just dawned on me. The last we heard from Justin Dealey was at 6.50. Yes. It's 8.32. Well, you know, give him a chance. Where the fudge has he been for the whole morning? I know he's struggling, but that's tough. We're all struggling. Uh, I, I want to hear him styling it out. It's my new favourite phrase. Thanks very much, girls. You're welcome. Did I use it in the good context then? Uh, not really, okay. no. Okay. Well, starting I- it out <clears throat> is when you've obviously boobed... But you're trying to make it look good. Well, I'm. I'm st- okay. Well, I'm styling it out now. Yeah. Because, um, but I, I want. De- I don't care what state he's in. I don't care if he's got nothing to say. I want to speak to Dealey soon. He's uh, compiling some Ev. He might be on fader three. Deals. Morning, boss. <laughs> oh, hey, how you doing, boss? <laughs> Breakfast show of the year. Hey, come on. How are you feeling this morning? I'm. I'm. I'm frustrated, to be honest. Why? Justin, because Why? I don't think you've been pulling your weight this morning. What? Yeah, I don't. We spoke. Are you joking? We spoke to you at six fifty. Yes. It's now eight thirty-two. We've heard nothing from you since. I've been gathering some extremely good content. The sort of content yeah. that kind of helped you to win the award last night. I see a... Hashtag just saying. I, I see a, a, a package that's just been put in my computer. That's your package, is it? Sister it is Dye. me, yes, yes, yes. So you've spent nearly two hours... Yes. ...getting one minute 39 award. What's more important? Hashtag... Hang on. Hangover dealy. <laughs> Not at all. What's more important to have what? Ten minutes of content that's that's average or <laughs> one minute and thirty nine, which is pure gold. The ten minutes of, of average won us award last night. So yes. uh, okay, well Dealey, stay there. We'll come to you in a second. I want to speak to Kenny Luton and Peter in Walmer Greenford. Well Kelly's got a hand raised. Kelly, you don't need to put your hand up, we're not at school. <laughs> Sir, I mean miss, um I saw Justin come out of the toilet with his headphones and microphone on. <laughs> What was he doing in there? Was he doing voices? It's a secret. I don't. I really don't want to. Ken, I'm so sorry you have to listen to this. Ken in Luton. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Ken. What have you got for us? Lollipop ladies. Yes, sir. My friend's a lollipop lady. Is this a rhyme? No. Oh, that's a shame. Well, you could have a rhyme. Okay. Because her name's Trish. Yes. Oh. Well, yeah. I went out with a girl named Trish. My friends talk to you quite a dish. Okay, it doesn't scan, but yes. So, Trish the lollipop lady. <laughs> she, she was off for a little while. Yes. And we usually have two lollipop ladies, but we were left with one. And me and my friend, we was, I was in my scooter, and my friend was... We went up to the curb, yeah. and the lollipop lady was the other side. Yeah. Of these bollards in the centre. I beg your pardon? Bollards! Oh, OK, I do, do apologise, yes. Pay attention, Ian. Yes, sir. So... We were standing there, and I was just about to cross when some idiot pulled out in a 500-weight van, went across uh, 
other side of the road. Yes. Because he couldn't wait. Now he travelled 200 yards up to the lights because he couldn't get in the line of traffic. He nearly caused an accident because yeah. the other lanes of cars were going towards us. Okay, when does this story get to the good bit? It is, Ian. Okay. Well, oh, that was it. And you say about lollipop ladies, Ian. Yes. And things like that. Yeah. I, I see out my bedroom window <laughs> people do the most idiotic things. Great TV show. ITV3. People do the most idiotic things with Ken in Luton. Yes. So that's why you should turn around and take a day and go down and see what? these people acting like blooming lunatics. Where, hang on, where, where, take a day and go... Where am I going to go and see people acting like blooming l- lunatics? Why have I got to take a day off? Go out on the road, Ian. You only have to go out on the road. I mean, you talk about Pelican Crossings. Uh, <laughs> we... we Press the button, and the outside lane, my missus always makes me stop now, because one child was killed, because some idiot on the outside couldn't be bothered to stop. And that's why it makes me mad when people turn around and say, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. What is it? Costing us money. Yeah. Ian, a life is worth more than money. I mean, a life is worth um, getting to a meeting on time. Is more. Hang on, no, hang on. It's a, a meeting is um, less. A life is more valuable than arriving at a meeting on time. Although you should do your best to arrive at the meeting on time, I suggest you leave earlier. Leave earlier. Leave earlier. You're you're spot on, area. A life is worth leaving earlier for. I mean, it's, it's a slogan. We we'll give that. We we'll give that to um, the police. Don't get there dead on time. Don't get dead on time. Yes. That's not bad. Don't get dead on time. So what's that mean? Get there dead on time. Don't get there dead on time. So what you're saying is... Russia, but you never get there. You? You're going to kill someone. You're going to kill Ken in Luton yes. just to get to a meeting. Depends what the meeting's about, I suppose. Yeah, well, I don't know. But perhaps it's uh, about having more lollipop ladies. Ken, thank you very much indeed. Wise. Can we adopt that as a slogan, Catherine? Don't get there dead on time? I think it's catchy, yeah. Good. Don't get, and I think it sums up the message of. Oh, hang on a second. What is the message of "Don't get there dead on time"? Because that might confuse people who, who haven't heard the conversation about people being killed at DGT. We, we should shorten it down. That's what people do now, isn't it? Yeah. D. Don't get there dead on time. D G T O. What? Jed dot. Jed. <laughs> That's a nice one, Ken. We got the Jed Doc campaign. Jed Doc. Don't get. What does Jed Doc stand for? Don't get there dead on time. What does that mean? Well, it, it, it's really basically what we're saying is you should leave earlier. Doesn't matter if you're a bit late. Uh, it, uh, but it's not worth killing someone for. Yeah. That's really convoluted. It, it should be summed up in the the name of the the organisation you've got. Yeah, I know. Why don't you do it? Better safe than soon. <laughs> Don't because I've 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 looked online. They can take that award back off us. Oh, they, they're, they're monitoring for the next week, and if if the standard stock uh, dips too much, they can take it back oh. and give it to uh, Amy and Sam. Oh, yeah. So just focus, Peter and Walmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about today? Well, if you consider it, we'd like to congratulate you on your award, actually. Oh, Peter, thank you very much and, indeed. And uh, furthermore. Uh, if you listen to the uh, quite a few of your contributors, 
you'll see quite a bit of common sense coming in from time to time. Hang on a second. Are you trying <laughs> to lay? Are you trying to lay a little claim onto this award that we won last well, night? Well, I, 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 I take about a. a one percent of it. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, you, we'll send it round to your house for a week and you can put it on the mantelpiece. <laughs> no, thank you. I've got some awards <laughs> of my own. Uh, what awards have you got? I've got bowling awards. Oh, fantastic. Crown Green. I was out for a single champion once. Really? Oh, absolutely. I, I love a bit of bowls and my wife doesn't get it. She thinks it's a boring old man sport. Well, and I, I, I've never played it, but I love it. I think it's so skillful. Well, I, I actually believe that. So everyone who starts, yeah. everyone who starts playing bowls, they wondered why they never did it years ago. When I was a kid, I know it's not quite the same thing, but when I was a kid, my dad got from a... Uh, maybe he got it from a dump, actually. He got a Bulls set. You know the French... It's kind of yeah, like the French, French ball. Yep. It's, and it's slightly different because they're, they're, not, they're not weighted and stuff. But we, So I kind of got my... And I like watching indoor bowls on the telly. I think it's... I just think it's so um, relaxing and exciting at the same time. Yeah. Anyway... Well, it was a rich, quite a rich man sport at one time, really. Really? Yeah, I mean, I was given a set of bowls, to, which I gave to my club, yeah. which had silver inserts in oh. Uh, oh. each side of them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Stamped. And uh, they were... And lunches and things like that in some of the bowls clubs was, was quite expensive. They were working-class lunches, I oh. tell you. Peter, well, you've not called in to talk about bowls. No, no, no. What, what have you called in to have a winter I about? Just thought, I just thought your programme... It's so varied at times. Yes. You you do pretend you don't know anything, but what? that's not true. Well, Peter, and I couldn't comment. That's a little thing I should throw out there on your percentages. Yeah, go on. If you consider that 10, yes. 100%, yeah. then multiply up with the other figure, yeah. and that gives you how many thou- thousands it is, or hundreds, or whatever. Yeah. So it's quite a simple thing to do. Peter, you're very... And that's for your young children. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I like Peter. He's good in he, Dealey. Although I'm still angry because the other day I heard him on Radio 4. Really? Yeah, I heard him on uh, Any Answers or Any Questions, which are Any Answers, the phoning one on Radio Ooh, 4. Yeah, sneaky, I know. Sneaky. I know. That kind of upset me. You send the boys around. We're talking about celebrities. A couple mm. of stories here. Paul in Sundon Park says, Ian, I once pulled up alongside Liam Gallagher in traffic. I stuck my thumb up. He stuck two fingers up. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, I like that one. And uh, the Dalai Lama from Sandy. I'm not sure. Ian, I met Francis Rossi of Status Quo many years ago and kept calling him Rick until he told me to go away quite abruptly. <laughs> um, I, I, I've lost it. There was a tweet, I think, from someone who said they met Paul Weller and said, you're the best thing. Yeah, it's, it's slightly embarrassing. Yeah. Um, uh, the one for me, I met Martha Reeves and it was, a Martha, I just want to let you know that, that, that I love you. I mean, how cringe is that? Yes. Yeah, but, yeah. You but, know, I mean, great music, but it's, it's taken it to a bit, a bit too far there. Taking it a little bit too far. Yeah. Now, Justin, what, what, what have you been doing for the last two hours? Um, been talking about Richard and Judy this morning. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. In the news, um, they have said they've agreed to an assisted death pact uh, should one of them fall seriously ill. ADP. So, yeah, so, um, again, back in the news today, euthanasia, um, right to die, people helping their partners die should they be in that situation. Had a brief conversation earlier. Um, I think that we kind of agreed that that if we really love somebody, we would probably go along with their wishes. But but a lot of people that I've spoken to this morning, when they've been in that situation, things do change. So I've been asking people this morning about the views of Richard and Judy. Here's what people have had to say. Well, Steve, you've heard about the comments from uh, Richard and Judy. Um, do you agree with, with what they're saying? I do agree with what they're saying, yes. And I would do it myself. I would seriously break the law if it was absolutely and vitally necessary. The NHS service is not the very best today. And, uh, of course, 
an illness can last so long, prolonged to such a degree, that the person is suffering. I wouldn't yeah. even let my cat suffer. Would you not fear, though, that you could go to prison for well, that? Or is it more important for you that, that, that your partner important. and her wishes were respected? I think it'd be more important for me not to see a human being dying in agony. I would rather assist my partner, yes. Elizabeth, you've got a close connection to this story because your husband sadly died of cancer and he actually asked you to assist with yeah. suicide because he was in so much pain. Yeah, but I wouldn't do it. I couldn't. You just couldn't do that? You couldn't no. live every day knowing no. that you'd done that? No, no way, no. And was he asking you, what, every day, every week? No, no, he, uh, he only said it about two, two or three times or so. And uh, I said I couldn't do it. You know, I told him I couldn't do it. It hurt me to see him in pain, but um, I still couldn't do it. And just lastly, did you speak to your friends and family for advice about what your husband was saying to you, what your husband was asking you to do? No, no. And still to this day you haven't spoken about it? I just kept it to myself, yeah. Just kept it to myself. It was painful, but... uh, you know, to see him suffer, but um, I just uh, couldn't do it. Well, I mean, we can all um, theorise and, uh, you know, hypothetical eyes, but mm. then you hear someone who's been in that situation. Absolutely, and she uh, loved her husband dearly, as she said there. It was so painful to, to watch him suffer, but, but she didn't want that guilt. She didn't want that on her mind every single day, knowing that she was the person who killed her husband she just simply could not go through that no matter how many times he asked for her personally she just couldn't do it daily cracking audio i appreciate that a lot thank you very much indeed now go go and have a, a, a lie down and a strong cup of coffee oh eight four five nine four double five five double five the last 15 minutes of the show your thoughts on what you've just heard on assisted suicide uh, ever said something embarrassing to a celebrity and have you ever lied about your name it's BBC Three Counties Radio let's get the travel news now with Alice travel news for beds, cards and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio in Dunstable on the A5 at the crossroads with the Thorn Road things are slow going after an earlier accident also on the A1M southbound at Junction 7 for Stevenage, Lane 1 still blocked on the entry slip road after an accident. On the sensors, it seems to be causing queues on the A602 as you head towards the A1M. Also, the Park Street roundabout, all approaches looking very congested at the moment. And on the M25, anti-clockwise, still got some delays hanging around between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Public transport, no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Excellent stuff. 8.46, it's Tuesday the 13th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Lollipop men and women in Bedford are wearing video cameras following an increase in abuse from drivers. The Borough Council say footage will be passed to the police. A Hertfordshire man who bit off part of a policeman's ear has been jailed for eight years. 43-year-old Rex Gardner from Broxbourne was drunk when he attacked the officer who'd been called out to deal with a domestic incident. And inspectors have raised concerns about the high levels of assault at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes, almost double what they see in other local prisons. I'm going to press a button, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that when I do, we get to hear Georgina with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello there. We've got a day of sunshine and showers today. Those showers becoming quite heavy as we head towards lunchtime and uh, fairly slow moving too, perhaps with some hail and thunder. But they do start to fade away later on and we should have lighter winds. So it could be feeling fairly pleasant in any sunshine with temperatures reaching 15 or 16 degrees Celsius. Now tonight we've got a largely clear and dry night. It's likely to be fairly chilly too though with temperatures down to 6 or 7 degrees. And tomorrow after a cool start, a much more settled day, we have high pressure in control so we've got lots of sunshine on the cards with temperatures up to 16 or 17 degrees now there is just a slight chance of an isolated shower there but uh, you'd be very unlucky to catch it Uh, thursday some hazy sunshine friday's looking fine and dry saturday again there is the odd chance we could have an isolated heavy shower but otherwise it's going to be uh, quite a pleasant day and fine on sunday that's your latest forecast thank you very much Later this month, the UK and Europe goes to the polls to decide who represents us at the European Parliament. I really don't understand any of it, so I don't know. Our MEPs make decisions on everything from the food we eat to the cars we drive. This election promises to be one which could have a lasting impact on our political landscape. I am plenty of vote, yes, I've got my card through the post. And this Thursday, I'll host a special debate with the main parties live from the University of Hertfordshire. I think there's too many rules and regulations really. I mean, everybody's governed by everything. An election special with me, Roberto Peroni, Thursday from 3, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, last 15, oh, last 12 minutes of the show. Tony's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Ian. I believe you want to uh, warn our listeners about something that's been going on. Yes, um, I signed into my online bank account this morning, um, went through my usual first screen, which is with a username and then a password. Yeah. Then it gives me the option then from another secret lot of letters and codes I pre-chose from a drop-down list which changes every day you, you enter it. Okay. And it asks me random uh, ones to tick. Got through all of that. Then up popped a screen, another screen from yeah. Halifax. Sorry, didn't mean to say well, that. It doesn't matter, it's fine, yeah. Okay, uh, which is sometimes usual. You get messages of, of an invite to open a, you know, a 0% account. or yeah. But it looked, again, genuine. Now, it's got my full name on it. Yeah which sometimes they don't, they just say, Dear Sir. But with my full name on it, I went to read it. Now, I'm a pedant about punctuation, and I like to read these things just to see if these youngsters, that they are illiterate, you see. Yes. I read it, and at first I spotted one. It says, if I may read it to you, You we need to update some important information about your account. Please take a minute to make sure that the information we hold on you, about you, is up to date. We need to check this information with you every two years for legal reasons, so appreciate you taking the time read this. Not taking the time oh, to read. Taking the time read this, yes, of yeah. course. Okay. So, then it goes on about the uh, security of that most importance, and then it says, um, so that you recognise this as genuine request, not a genuine request, from us, we will play back the information currently held for you on the next page. Well, you never play back anything. It wouldn't word it like that. Yeah. So at first I thought it could have been somebody had written in a hurry and got in touch with their security department, and they assured me there's no such third page coming up on any systems, oh. and to treat it as a spoof. Now, one thing that could have caused it, as you know, um, Windows XP yeah. has now uh, ceased receiving any support from Microsoft as of the 8th of the month because um, it's now obsolete, technically, and it can leave you open to attack. And that was covered by your 
computer expert you have on your show, not your, your show. On oh, Nick's show. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And the person on there mentioned that it, you are likely to uh, suffer from problems. That's, a, that's a clever scam, because I, I do online banking, and yeah. you, you're right, I've got a little, one of those little um, pin sentry machines where I've got to put my card in and a different yeah. random number pops up. Yeah. Uh, and you do... Th- I, I would... Without particularly thinking about it, if I was logging into my bank and a thing popped up and said, oh, we, we, yeah, this is still your bank and we need a bit more yeah. information, I wouldn't necessarily question that because you think it's a, cu- a secure thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a clever scam, isn't it? Well, the graphics are perfect. Yeah. Normally you see them sort of like a, a JPEG copy, but it's not. It's perfect. All the names oh, and the, the headline titles are all in the right place. The continue buttons are in the right place. Check my details now, right and place. And you, you spoke to Halifax and they I said, ignore it, it's, it, be careful. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to uh, do one of my random things and phone him three times on different numbers and get probably two different answers next time. But oh. at the moment, I believe, as they first suggested at technical department, that it is a spoof. Tony, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for that warning. That's a clever little uh, con trick, isn't it? Because I do the online bank, and if a box popped up while I was logging in, saying, all right, Ian, if it said all right, Ian, I'd probably question <laughs> it. <laughs> Hello, Mr Lee. Uh, you, you would kind of think it's a yeah. secure thing that's going on. Yeah. That's very, very naughty. And there will be people, not, I mean, Tony's obviously computer savvy. Uh, there, there'll be people who would, would, would go for that. Oh, dear. Well, well keep an eye out. I, 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 do you know what? I bet in about two or three weeks' time, Consumer out. Someone's going to phone up with that with that um, complaint. I bet that's going to happen. Thank you for that excellent stuff. Uh, Teresa's on the line. Morning, Teresa. Hello, Ian. Congratulations. Thank you very much indeed. You're very kind. What would you like to say? I'd like to say my mum's got a saying about um, rushing to things. Oh yes. And she said. It's better to be late in this world than early in the next. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, I think, pretty much what I was trying to say, but we didn't quite get it. What did we come up with in the end? Dad Pop? No, not Dad Pop. We, what, did, what was ours, Catherine? Jed Dot. Jed Wood. Jed Dot Wood was what we came up with, which means get there sooner rather than die. Yes. Yeah, which is the same thing. And that's... Yeah, there is that thing. You do think... You rush, you're rushing to get to a meeting, you're rushing to get to work. Well, just, just leave ten minutes early. Also, if you're late for a meeting... That doesn't make sense. What? Get there sooner. Yeah. Before you die. You completely yeah, mixed the message. You've, you've <laughs> not, it out wrong. I've not... Jed, Jedward Pop. <laughs> get there sooner before you die. <laughs> Teresa knows what, what I'm saying, don't you, Teresa? Like you've changed it now. To, 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 you've just changed excuse it. Excuse me. Yeah. Teresa, you understand what I'm saying, don't you? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. You would rather get there soon before you die. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Teresa, have a lovely day. I appreciate your, your calling in. You I've sure got a saying about that, by the way. Go on. Take your time. I mean, you could say that, T-Y-T, but then you try, you try and say... You say T-Y-T out loud as a word. You see what I'm saying? Tight. Well, you're being very generous there with the pronunciation, I think. Get there soon before you die in it. That's the thing. Yeah, but shouldn't it be... Jedward. Get there later. Jedward.com. Get there later. Hashtag. Before. Forward slash. Take your time. Take your time, love. Take your time up. That would be fine. Then that's... And that's T- what T-Y-T-L. we've done. T-Y-T-L. Tittle. Take your time, love. <laughs> that would be title. Hey. Oh, oh, hey. Title, take your time, love. No, bit... that doesn't make sense. It would be take it time, love. And also it's a little bit sexist. Take your no. time, love. Patronising. What you say? Yes. I'm a lady. I can drive fast if I like. Hey, why are you doing my voice? <laughs> <laughs> that was your voice, wasn't it? I've got it. I'm a lady. I can drive fast if I like. I'm just like blokes in more ways than one. <laughs> oh, wait, four, five... 
Very big hands. Oh eight four five nine four double five. All the better to slap you with. Yay, uh, Adam's apple. Oh eight four five nine. Little bit of stubble. Oh eight four five nine four double five. Men's parts. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I think we have a call uh, coming through. Um, it's uh, oh, Catherine, you've got one, have you? Yes. I, I, what? It, it, and can I just say, Catherine, how marvellous to speak to a sober Catherine this morning. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, Catherine, what would you like to say? It's better to be late than dead on time. Hey, that did you come up with that yourself? Course. That is, it's better. Do the letters, um, other Catherine. You. Oh, me? Yeah. It'll dot. It's better to be late than dead on time. Catherine, you're, you're a genius. You should work in advertising. Thank you. Me or. Uh, no. Oh, or the Catherine. Yeah, yeah Catherine, uh, number one now. <laughs> She's gone up the rating system. Can I just say, we've got, we've got a, a, a young lady who's working with us today, work experience. Yeah. Please don't tell anyone, oh, she can't hear us, don't tell anyone what you saw. J- just, just to say, we have work experience working. Don't tell anyone you saw this. You, like, no doubt you'll be going on to some other shows later on. Yeah, the, the, the way you've seen the interaction, strictly entre nous. Strictly entre nous. That's, it's, it's private, isn't it? Strictly entre nous. Sen. Huh? Sen. Strictly entre nous. <laughs> you can't do it out of everything. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. It... Y. C. Y C D A E. You da. You can do it out of They're going to take the award away. Yeah, I was going to say, did they actually listen to it? Before? They're going to take the award. Loads of people from the Radio Academy have tuned in today going, well, this guy not not heard the show. Let's listen. Oh, my God! WTP? <laughs> What's the point? Oh, good. <laughs> so a quick look at the, uh, the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? Just as, as the show clutters to a halt. I mean, the, the, the wheels have really fallen off this gravy train. The front page of The Independent, it's got a picture of the... We saw these, these uh, girls last night. Not, we didn't see them. We saw them on the television. They were on Sky News. We're in the hotel about one o'clock. Sky News. They showed... The, the, I think there's about 140 of these Nigerian girls you see in this footage. All looking... Well, you know what? All looking um, quite strong, I thought, considering the situation. All looking quite strong. It's a very powerful image, and they all looked quite strong. And then it cut to the tough guy, the head of Boko Haram, the tough guy, the tough guy in his, in his camouflage gear. Oh, and with his big machine gun. Waving his arms about, carrying on. Flipping heck. You just, you just think, give, give us five minutes with him. See, see how tough he is there. Tough guy. Put your gun down. Yeah. Let those girls go. Go and have a fight. With, if you want to have a fight, go and have a fight with soldiers. Don't, don't kidnap 300 schoolgirls. I, was, I, got, I mean, I'm, I'm angry about this anyway. But just seeing this smug, arrogant... I'm only saying it because he's not in the room. Smug, arrogant coward waving his gun around, trying to justify what he's done. Oh, it was maddening, wasn't it? Absolutely maddening. That's, um, disp- and, uh, well, the, the rest of the front page of the story is that here's, here's something to end on. Brisk walk to save your life. Thank you, Daily Express. I wondered how I was going to save my life, but how? surely that's going to take up too much, too much time. No, it won't. Just 20 minutes a day will lower bl- blood pressure. Take by Jo Willie, the health editor. Who I, I don't want to be rude about her work. She, she just makes stuff up, doesn't she? Taking a brisk 20-minute stroll a few times a week is the key to beating high blood pressure. Scientists found that people can dramatically improve their chances of living longer. 
Well, on that bombshell, dear listener, I'll hand you over to uh, Alice Glossop with the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Dunstable on the A5 at the crossroads with Thorn Road. Things are slow going after an earlier accident. Also between Houghton Regis and Dunstable on the A5. Things looking very heavy in both directions on the speed sensors. In Beaconsfield, the Abersham Road is slow going at the A40 as you head towards the Old Town. And also in Kings Langley, the A41 heading south is queuing as you head towards the M25. On the M25 itself, the anti-clockwise carriageway is still very slow between junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport all looking good with no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. We managed to get through there. Thank you very much uh, for all of your kind words and emails and tweets and, and texts and things like that. You're, you're, you're very silly and very naughty, but thank you. Uh, JVS is up next. I'll be back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon Smith. It's Tuesday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone in. Do you think that tougher prison sentences will stop dog attacks? Tougher penalties?